Weirdos have to stick together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about she and the Princesses of Power. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on Etheria. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Well, I mean, I'm currently reading about the, the boob pencil test you just sent me, so... <laughs> <laughs> Which, somehow, I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We do talk about boobs on this show, but it turns out we talk about them before the show, also. <laughs> <laughs> turns out. I, I guess I just don't realize why it's like if the pencil does not fall that they fail the pencil test. I, I guess it's just like you have too big boobs, I guess. Yes, if yes. If you so fail the, it? That's, your breasts are too big if you fail the test. Okay, yeah, the superstitions that the breasts are, that are not <laughs> pendulous or self-supporting do not need the added support of a bra. I feel like even if you're, again, like, I mean, my boobs still haven't <laughs> dropped and fluffed all the way because it's only been three months. I still wear one just because even though they basically kind of stay in place because mm-hmm. the implants and everything, everything, I don't want my nips rubbing up against my t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't want them poking out. <laughs> that's just, that's, well, I guess that's, is that being polite? I feel like a lot of people would be bummed out, actually. <laughs> they are invisible, but like still. That's from, that's from my benefit. But, yeah. That's why you wear bras, really. Completely fair and valid reasons. Yeah. And, like, I mean, aside, bluntly, aside from obviously... The, the, the pencil test as it exists in this article is uh, bad and misogynistic, but it's also a thing that you can do to reassure yourselves that your boobs are big now. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently. So if you're doing yeah. it for fun, yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is us weirdos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, the latest, well, besides, like, advertising this episode, the latest tweet I had on there was talking about how Entrapta designed herself a boob window. Yeah. <laughs> it's, come on, you know, if you've been listening in at all with this, you know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what this show is. Yeah. How many episodes do we have that are a pretty, like, suggestive title at this point? <laughs> like about tits and butts and stuff. I think I for do our especially... one year anniversary, we should do a special thing where we each pick our favorite title of all the ones we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't be that hard. I mean, the, the fact that you had to mention the whole, like, <laughs> beating the horn off that I'd said in the description of the last one, and like you're like, Chloe didn't want me to use this, but I had to mention it anyway. <laughs> well, I didn't use it second. as the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't never mentioned other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sneak preview for my choice. I'm pretty high up on uh, Catra wins the brattiest bottom award. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me let me quickly boot up the site and see what there was again. <laughs> uh, all right. I forgot. Apparently, this like thinks that the site is unsafe. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I might be there for some reason. While you're doing that, uh, I was just thinking. Uh, is our intro still sufficient, do you think? Because, like, I've been saying most wanted criminal on Etheria, but we're not really on Etheria anymore for the most part, huh? Yeah, no, we really <laughs> have not been on Etheria for, like, the entirety of this season, really. 
<laughs> well, I mean, other characters have been, but the main core characters have not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Most wanted criminal in the universe? Is that going too big? <laughs> <laughs> I, Adora is pretty wanted in the universe, I would think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I just saw. I remember that we named one of the episodes "Horse Chairs." I'm <laughs> just now remembering that. That, that was pretty funny because <laughs> I remember, when, yeah, when we were having that discussion, like, how do horses sit? <laughs> yep. Oh, good times. Uh, if you can't tell, listeners, this is our clip show episode. We're just gonna talk. <laughs> no, we're, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh. Oh god, I, I do also like the genesis of collectibles. <laughs> like, uh, that, that cursed, uh, like, collectibles possessed by the collector joke you came up with. I still think it's a good name, if nothing else. <laughs> it is, it's a good joke name, yeah. But, uh... I also still like Ebony Air Juggles Hunter, because I definitely don't remember why you <laughs> compared it to that. I was like, she's not air juggling him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've had a week. It's been a lot, but things are going okay now. Uh, yeah. you know, love to have a massive homework rush right as your period starts. It's great. Fun. Uh-huh, yeah. And then the fire yeah, alarm went off today, so I had to evacuate the cats, and she did not like that at all. <laughs> yeah. I see, fun fact about that, I've never actually, like, gotten any, like, you know, like, period-associated, like, symptoms ever in the, the two years now in hormones, because that was that two-year anniversary was just yesterday, as of this recording. Great, consider yourself lucky. Apparently. But also, <laughs> like, I, I... Uh, happy anniversary. Also, Yay. I didn't know our anniversaries were so close together because today is mine. <laughs> oh, I, th I congrats! I thought that I thought we had established it at one point. <laughs> I, I, I had figured forgotten that. that. I... Yeah, because huh. well, I mean, to be fair, I forgot that I forgot today was yours too. But like, I felt like at one point we definitely like mentioned the dates, and we were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine is definitely a little weird because so today is the four-year anniversary of when I started my. Um... My internet pill homebrew hormone therapy that I did because I was stupid and desperate and wasn't willing to talk to a doctor. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not going to recommend to anyone unless things keep going the way they are because if actual yeah. healthcare is outlawed, you'll need the recipe, but yep. <laughs> it's a stupid and terrible thing and you shouldn't do it without medical supervision, but also it uh, definitely does work, so wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely shouldn't do this, uh, this parody in Minecraft. You definitely shouldn't uh, go ahead and get your legal HRT if uh, the Republicans have their way. Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned a few episodes ago, if necessary, we will become the Trans Underground Railroad show. So hit me up when that day comes. <laughs> Texas Republicans have submitted a resolution to end all gender non-conforming care in Texas, and that hasn't passed yet, but, like, come on. Yeah, that that it's legal to punch a Texas Republican in the face. <laughs> in Minecraft parody. <laughs> it's legal to do more than that in Texas, believe it or not. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to say anything, for sure. <laughs> That's just uh, the state we are. We have a reputation. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, this country sucks. Yeah, it surely this country, does. This 
country really sucks. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's been a lot, but we're doing okay now for for the moment, at least. I don't know. Two weeks from now, I fly back to Texas for the holidays, so who knows what happens? Yeah, there. geez, yeah. I mean, especially considering they already have like that whole thing of like two two million people in the state of Texas already don't have power and clean water, and it's like Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. It's not even winter proper yet. <laughs> also, it's the South, and the South doesn't experience like winter as much as like. The Northeast really does, so Jesus Christ, it's already bad enough. What <laughs> happens if you actually get any amount of snow? Uh, well, normally it doesn't snow in Texas. That's why it's such a problem yeah. when it does. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is in all the southern states. I mean, like, everybody remembers the infamous, like, uh, overturned, like, school bus. I mean, there was, like, just the slightest dusting of snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I was dealing with snow, like, almost, like, once a week at the minimum when I was out in Illinois for those two years, and it's like, you just get used to that shit. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't, I, I, God, I'm like, yeah, like, it snowed a little bit when I first moved here, but not, like, to the point where I was on the road that much because I still didn't have a job. It's like, geez, I'm actually kind of dreading when it's, like, going to properly snow around here, considering all the Connecticut drivers that I definitely see just blaze through red lights and stop signs in the best of times. <laughs> it's like jesus fucking christ i mean i guess it's because this is one of the kind of states that they don't have to do like the yearly state inspections and that's why you also see a lot of the cars looking like other ass just out on the road and it's like sounds like past the missions it's just totally fine i guess <laughs> so yeah god it's gonna be bad you have to pass emissions <laughs> uh, so that's the thing in different states like that was what i was used to like growing up in new york where you had to take the, like do like the yearly state inspection Oh, yes. and then, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like it, I think I think emissions was part of that too. But it's like here, it's like when I moved here, when I had to get my car registered, it was just I had to pass an emissions test, which apparently is only every two years, not even every year. Yeah, we don't have that in Texas. Shocking, no do you, one. Do you, do you have even do you not have the uh, the yearly state inspections? We do have yearly vehicle inspections, but uh, it's basically some dude registered by the state looks at your car and says, "Yep, it's good." Oh, okay. So it's, it's not like just yeah. It's not like things like yeah, you have a tire pressure sensor light that's gonna fail it. <laughs> no, 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 no. The entire inspection takes about five minutes. He just walks around the car and sees if anything is obviously falling off. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that that checks out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Allegedly, yeah, you definitely. Yeah. Supposedly, if you have a like a engine light on or whatever, that'll fail you. But I've never oh, yeah, seen that yeah. to be true. Uh, I mean, well, James is when you work at, like, uh, the front desk of a fucking car repair shop for a year of your life, because, yeah, I definitely saw a lot of that, too, where people came in for state inspections, immediately turned on the car, see the engine light on, I'm like, I can't say anything about this is gonna fail, because it's actually against the law for me to say so, because I'm not a mechanic, but I know it's gonna <laughs> fail. I still gotta process it in and charge the person for the failed inspection if they don't go ahead and do the engine diagnostic and then the engine repair and, you know... Gotta cross your fingers that the fucking one guy who can actually work on engines is even here today. <laughs> Yay, capitalism. Yeah. That was a complete shitty year of my life. <laughs> Why did I ever take that job? Don't get me wrong. I am glad that vehicles are tightly regulated in some places because that is one of the few things that I think the government should do is keep people safe from the, you know, two-ton death traps. But yeah, that yeah, that's a bummer. That are basically mandatory in all of America because we don't have any fucking public transit. Yes. Yeah. 
Like, that's one of the few things that actually should be at least regulated. Be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be driving something that can easily murder somebody and not actually make sure that it's safe to drive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cars are dumb. I did not at all miss having a car during the half year I lived in Japan. It was, like, yeah, it sucks being, like, sardined into the trains whenever you're, like, con getting a connect connecting train in Ikebukuro, which is almost, like, right at the heart of Tokyo, more or less. But it's, mm -hmm. like, you're not obviously, like, having to worry about actually navigating it. You're just having to worry to actually be able to get in <laughs> onto the train. <laughs> <laughs> and also hoping against all hope that you're not having to be anywhere near some asshole who's going to try to touch you inappropriately. Yeah. Which, I mean, at the time, obviously not out or anything, so presenting as masks, so nobody was really doing that to me, but God, I wouldn't want to risk it these days. Yeah, I, I don't blame you at all. I don't know. I haven't had any trouble on the buses up here, looking as I do now, but it's still, like... The buses... They're not the same as a train, you know? Because it's, it's so much... I don't even have the right words for it. A train is more populous than a bus is, because... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bus, buses obviously fit way less people than a train. Yeah. Yeah. But even beyond that, I think a train is a little more... And this is entirely an unfair mischaracterization designed in completely around my experience on the New York subway. But just in general, I feel like a train is a worse experience than a bus is, just because it's... Like, it kind of so is, many yeah. more people crammed into a place that place yeah. ends up being worse even if there's not people on it at any yeah time. like 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 yeah like trains like the ones in japan or like subways are not like what you imagine like most trains in america to be because like you, know, you think of like a train in america and it's like yeah it's got seating and they don't really like overbook it because you have to buy the tickets in like individually per seat or whatever yeah compared to like a train like uh turnstile or whatever or no i guess turnstile like the little like terminal that you just use your like little suica card or whatever on in japan is just it just accepts as many people as can be and it's just like a fucking free-for-all to basically get on the train once it opens because <laughs> the doors are closed like closed so quickly since the trains actually have a good schedule and show up every like minute or two compared to hey, you miss this train you're waiting like uh maybe like two hours for another one maybe mm -hmm, depending yeah at times but it's like you also are dealing with just to so many people because again like <laughs> you live living in like the greater tokyo area it's like yeah there's a lot of people and nobody's driving cars because why the fuck would you try to drive a car in a country that only 10 percent of it is actually really habitable because the rest is all mountains and shit yeah well i guess like so i've only been on two subways right i've been on the new york and the toronto subways and both times, even when you would catch a train when it wasn't busy, right? If, even if there were only, like, one or two people in the car, it was still just a ratty, low-down, miserable experience. And I feel yeah. like that's just because of how you put that many people on a train that often, and it's gonna get in bad shape, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Again, especially also with America not giving a fuck about public transit. Yeah. Well, I mean, Toronto's not America, but still. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you get what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not actually t doing any upkeep on it, it's going to become shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I did like the Toronto train line, but even there, there's only three lines for the whole city. It's not... <laughs> yeah, like I, I definitely saw like some person like 
take like the whole like London underground map and put it over I forget what state it was but then like they took like the equivalent of like the tram service or whatever whatever available there was from that American city and put it over London and it's like there's like it looks like just like a Y it's like <laughs> there's like three like parts of it compared to the snaking pathway of the London underground and it's like Yep, that's that's just what America is. We don't care about having any option besides having to have a car. Yeah. Hell's country. Oh, I'm sorry. Four lines in Toronto. They added another one since I was there. Hey, good for you, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. It's it sucks. It sucks that everybody everybody basically has to have a car, and it sucks that they pollute a lot. Yep. I mean, part of like when I like when I was originally moving out of the South, I was looking at like trying to move to Boston and hoping that I could find a place there with people that were looking for somebody. Because like honestly, it was a case of like, yeah, if I could have lived there or someplace like that, I would have absolutely sold my car and just taken public transit. Because like a place like Boston actually at least has something. Hart Hartford, Connecticut doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Yeah, I guess transit is bad. <laughs> no, um, yeah. American transit is bad because again, it's car or nothing, basically. Yeah, well, and also again, America is too fucking big. <laughs> like it could take you like four or five hours to just get through one state. <laughs> That's it. In some cases, I mean, like I mostly, I mostly am thinking of like when I drove out to Illinois originally when I was moving there when it took when like. That's like a 12-hour drive, all of a told. A third of that is just getting from, like, where the house in Pennsylvania was and getting, like, to the western border of Pennsylvania. Oh, that was a whole third of the trip, just getting out of that one state. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean, admittedly, at least there me. were trees. Yeah, like, at least there were trees to look at in there. Like, once you get out of Pennsylvania and get to Ohio, it's just all, like, basically just wasteland, because that's just what, like, basically the middle of America is. <laughs> Yeah, don't mind me. I'm just being Texan. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> let's see by car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Texas is again like one of the. It's, it, Texas is like the biggest state, right? If you were going like uh, I Alaska guess it's kind is of the... the biggest state. If you want to be technical about it, but yeah, we're close. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um... And we are insufferable about it. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, to be fair, most Americans are insufferable about everything and anything. <laughs> We're at least complaining about something legitimate, which is American infrastructure sucks. <laughs> are we are we still in perpetual infrastructure week, or did that end once uh, the trader got kicked out of the White House <laughs> in favor of a different trader? Uh, Who no, that's, that's, over that's a new guys' thing too. Don't worry. Great, cool. Everyone loves infrastructure. It's a word that you can bandy around as much as you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks like if so you were to go again. from Brownsville at the south of Texas to Gainesville at the north of Texas, it would take you eight and a half hours by car. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I guess it would probably also be a pretty considerable drive if you went from like the northern part of California down to the southern part of California. Oh yeah, that would be way worse. Now yeah. I will say um, that number is not as big as it needs to be. 
because this route goes directly through San Antonio and Austin and Fort Worth and Waco. So you are just going to hit all the traffic you can humanly hit on the way. <laughs> Jeez. <sighs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's very strange uh, pre, like pre Shira episode conversation, <laughs> bitching and moaning about how American infrastructure and like transport systems fucking suck. <laughs> Legitimate concern and complaints, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's great. I love how the bus system in London, Ontario, doesn't work anymore because all the bus drivers died of COVID and we haven't replaced them. <laughs> Hooray! Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Don't you just love how also our very, uh, uh, you know, pro-labor president also went ahead and fucked over all the train employees who don't get a single fucking day of PTO? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. really fantastic the way our entire government came together to say we hate trains. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, uh, in actuality, trains fucking rule. Trains are cool. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention they are a critical part of the American infrastructure. Yeah. It's like all these people never grew up with like a like never had like a, a train set, like a model train set in their home or something. Obviously, not everybody grows up with that, but like I had one back as a kid, and it's like they're fucking cool. They're sick as hell. Yeah. Everybody should have at least had the chance to play with a model train set at one point in their life because they're rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Let's especially see. especially uh, all the times that you see uh, cats get involved with them, and you see like kitty cats sleeping in like the big tunnels, and then the train gets derailed because <laughs> it bumps the big kitty. Hey, check this out. As of 2018, 30 percent of U.S. freight movement was by train, and these are the guys that our government just said you don't get any sick days. <laughs> yep, sure did. <sighs> So what I'm saying is, uh, go illegal rail strike. I love it. I love to see it. Yep. Um, I'm very sorry for everyone who will be impacted by the illegal rail strike, because that's going to suck big time. <laughs> yep, but it's mandatory. I, I, I wish all railroad employees a very happy illegal rail strike. Yes, indeed. To, 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 to use the Bugs Bunny meme template, I believe it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. It definitely is. I'm just remember trying to remember if I'm using the right uh, nomenclature of it. <laughs> I believe so. Yes. I think so. Close enough, at the least. Yeah. U.S. railroads deliver approximately 61 tons of goods per American citizen every year. Come on, give them sick days. <laughs> yeah, they deserve to be able to take PTO, you assholes. Yeah, everyone speaking does, of, but... Speaking, yeah, speaking of, I deserve that PTO, but I'm a contract employee, so f- fuck me, I guess. I don't even get paid holidays. <laughs> Yay! It's, I've been there for almost six months now, and they, they're just like, eh, fuck Chloe, I guess. The way you should unionize the mailroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that would definitely go anywhere. They'll just immediately fire myself and my coworker and just get somebody else. To... <laughs> uh, regrettable. Yep, but true. You know, as much as I say we're going to turn into a trans underground railroad podcast, we are just going to basically just going to turn into a socialist utopia podcast, huh? (laughs) I mean, that'd be the dream. (laughs) Notes from the resistance. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, speaking of the resistance, shall we get into our little rebellion today? <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about how the resistance just shoots itself entirely in the fucking foot like twice, shouldn't we? Huh? Yeah, maybe a little. Uh... They're kind of dumb in this episode. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These episodes, yeah. Robert. Sorry, let me correct myself. They're dumb in both these episodes. <laughs> it's kind of shocking how. Like, we were told Adora did all the planning for the rebellion. I didn't realize how true that was. Yeah, appar apparently, Adora is, like, the only member of the party that has, like... I. Meanwhile, just, like, a season ago, we were like, Mermista is the only person that's invested in intelligence. Apparently, no. She might just have the investigation skill and was rolling all 20s for some reason. And it's actually Adora that has, like, a, uh, like a 13 intelligence. Not great, but better than everybody else, apparently. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, like, the two sorcerers are definitely charisma builds. I mean, they're sorcerers. Why would they have intelligence? <laughs> they don't need that shit. Yes, unfortunately, like, but... the only intelligence character is Katra, who has no wisdom whatsoever. <laughs> well, like, yeah, and, and Trapta has intelligence at the least, but she, she's... <laughs> Catra, like, uh, Entrapta is, a, like, not a D&D character. She's a hero character. She basically has, like, she has only, like, kind of, like, average intelligence. She just put all her points into intelligence skills and only a few. Like, she has electronics and mechanics, and she built, like, knowledge skill first one's tech. But that's really it. She just invested heavily in those so she can always succeed at them. But every other intelligence skill she's bad at. <laughs> and, like, Bo is also, like, he's, like, he's only got, like, a... 12 intelligence because again he started as fighter and then he decided to start dipping in like some artificer stuff maybe maybe he only took like artificer initiate or something yeah that that seems more likely honestly yeah 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 no none of yeah. them are smart all dumb <laughs> <laughs> so this is season five episode six taking control and we open in media res with darla just sort of spinning helplessly through space as alarms go off um Darla is the ship, in case y'all forgot. Uh, also, just... since uh, I also had forgotten this, I actually looked it up. Uh, she is just also voiced by Mara's voice actress, just to oh, confirm. Cool, I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, I, when I was here, like, watching the episodes, I was like, Darla's voice sounds different enough, but yeah, no, it's just they basically just put a filter on uh, Mara's voice actress. Okay. So it's not, a, like, it's not a different voice actor I need to cover or anything. Nice. Well, I mean, I'm sorry you don't get to cover a new voice actor, but uh, I I do technically. There's like there's one in a sense, maybe <laughs> not, re <laughs> not really, but yes, <laughs> but also no. Yeah. yeah, okay, it's one of those. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's technically uh, a different person, but it's also not that person. <laughs> I wonder what that could mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um... I guess even though their propulsors are just all over the place, the onboard gravity is working because Entrapta is just running all over the place fixing stuff, so that's nice at least. <laughs> um, Bo is ineffectively trying to steer the ship, and Rong Hordak is here also, just sort of acting as Entrapta's third set of hands, since, you know, she's already got two. And Why did, why did they call him Rong Hordak? <laughs> <laughs> they call him that all the time. Even the credits calls him Wrong Hordak. That's his name. It just feels rude. <laughs> also, like I mean, he also didn't like having a name. Or was that the other one? That was all oh, right. That, that was, was the other one. That was Hordak. Yeah, that, that was, was regular that was one, Hordak. That was proper Hordak. Yeah, because Gatter called him Hordak, and he's like, oh, I feel dirty, brother. And it's like this guy is just like okay with it apparently, because he just cares. He just likes serving Horde Prime, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. 
Ron Hordak is something. That's the best I can say. The thing <laughs> is, is that, like... He shouldn't be called Ron Hordak. Give him a name. That is his name. <laughs> Don't give him a better name. It doesn't sound so derogatory. <laughs> she said to nobody. <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, fair. He didn't choose his own name, so... No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Basically, since Bo messed up his brain last episode, they're just kind of assuming that he's harmless, and they brought him along with them. Which, like, my dude, Prime is a hive mind. You cannot just assume yeah. you are safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, fuck it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You have like maybe thirty guys in your whole rebellion. You cannot be doing this stuff. But... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, now it's like 10 after next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Adora shows up on the bridge, and she says Catra's sleeping, but okay. Cause, but she just kind of just wants to go right back and check on her again. Because, like, what if Catra needs something? And we should go check on her. And, I mean, we wouldn't want her to wake up and be scared, right? But, you know, apart from her mother Henning, they're all thrilled that this raid thing worked and that she rides back. And, Adora is a little concerned because she doesn't know how to do that on purpose yet, but it, it was more like She-Ra was just sort of waiting in there for, to you know, waiting for Adora to need her. And Yeah, she know. came out as a transcendent person. Yeah, something, something gender fluid. <laughs> she, um, yeah, she, she was always there all along, just had to figure it out, even though uh, she's transitioning as a, a cis-head woman, just like she was before. <laughs> well, I guess not cis-head, always. Still cis woman. <laughs> Yeah, well, I feel that the best read of Adora is as a gender-fluid person, given the whole sometimes she wants to be a giant muscle woman and sometimes she's just small. Uh, I guess I, I think it's more like she just has some days where she's high feminine, days where she's high butch, really. I guess, but I don't feel like it's necessarily the same thing. Eh, maybe not. I don't know. Either way, uh... They're headed back to Etheria now, and I do just want to note here, Bo is actually driving this time. For the first time, they are not on autopilot, but uh, because of the damage to their ship, they can only go at about 30% of their normal speed, so Glimmer grabs... Oh, okay. I missed that part about them only going at 30% speed, because that makes a lot more sense why uh, stuff that happens near the end of next episode happens. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how'd they beat them there? Okay, I guess that makes sense then. <laughs> Well, we'll get there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Glimmer grabs Ron Kordak, and they go off to cook dinner, and Adora goes to check on Catra again, despite having just left Catra's side, and she leaves Bo to pilot the way home. Uh, elsewhere, we see one of Prime's droids just kind of standing in front of a console, then an alert pops up, and then three ships go to find that indicator. We don't really get a hint of what that is, but it kind of seems like maybe they can track Darla now. And this is where the credits happen. It's been a full two minutes since the episode started and we finally get credits. This is like one of the longest opening scenes we've had in this show. <laughs> yeah, seemed like. But yeah, afterwards, Catra is just kind of trying to sleep, but she's having flashbacks to Prime, the, the tube system, his voice echoing, the, the weird liquid chamber. And then Adora just kind of comes into the room to visit her and sits on the bed with her and see how she's doing. And I just, like... They put Catra on a bare mattress. No sheets, no blanket, no mattress cover, yep. nothing. Mm-hmm. Not even pajamas. She's Not even pajamas. They're in their underwear. Sports bra and boxers. <laughs> yep. 
traditional lesbian attire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but still, give her a blanket at the least, or like a robe <laughs> or something. I get, I get. Obviously, they don't have a lot of stuff on the ship. They definitely have a, at least enough food and stuff, but like, bring something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some changes of clothes, baby. <laughs> Put her in a bed with sheets. <laughs> Or that, yeah, just do that. Just give her a fucking blanket. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> would work too. Walk around with a blanket on, like draped around her shoulders, to like for some modesty or something. But no, apparently no. not. No, this room is more of a prison than anything Bright Moon has ever had called a prison. Yeah, well, I, again, their prison was just a like visitor room that they just did a magic prison in. Yeah, <laughs> but. Anyway, Catra kind of plays off the flashbacks thing, and just telling Adora how annoyed she is that a pushy blonde who thinks she's better than everyone keeps barging into her room, which, valid. But uh, Adora does already know about divisions, so Catra has told her that much, at least. And also, Catra, honey, Adora is just a puppy dog. <laughs> like, she doesn't <laughs> yeah. think she's better than anybody, she just wants to be with her friends all the time. How have you not figured this out yet? Um, she is just she is just here to uh, be with the humans that she likes and just be all nice and lovey-dovey. Yes. Just, she is just a puppy. <laughs> exactly, yes. And uh, Andorra does suggest that Entrapta might be able to help out by removing the Horde chip from Catra's neck, but Catra insists that she doesn't want to see anyone and demands to be let off at the nearest planet. Adora kind of gently suggests that this will get her caught by Prime again, which uh, doesn't go over super well with Catra, because as we all know, she loves being independent and not having to depend on anyone, and uh, the implication that she can't keep herself alive if they leave her behind is bad, so she shuts down again. Ta-da. Mm -hmm. Yay. As this one is complicated. Um, normally I say when Adora does things like this, she's just wrong, but I kind of think she needed it this time. Like, this is an important thing for her to say now. Ten episodes ago, this would have been a disaster. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, this is finally the thing that breaks Adora. I mean, she's been nothing but patient with Catra this whole time, this whole show, through everything. But finally, she just flips the mattress with Catra still on it, so I guess she's pretty strong even in normal form, too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she is She is primarily a paladin with some Hexblade in there. She just decided <laughs> that she was going to be a strength build instead of a charisma build. <laughs> but yeah, so she just flips this mattress and Catra with it and starts yelling and demanding to know why Catra is being so withdrawn and, like... They just risked everything to come back and save her from the worst possible fates, and they promised to take her back to Etheria. Why is she being like this? And so finally, 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 after all these seasons, Catra breaks down and tells Adora the truth. So long in the making, but she thinks Adora has this superiority complex thing and has been looking down on her all along, and that Adora only came back to prove how much better she was than Catra, and that actually Adora hates her. It's, it's all bragging rights in her mind and Adora tells her no obviously never she hated Catra even when they were like trying to murder each other constantly and this in this moment of stress and reclamation it finally seems to get through to her she doesn't say it but it's on her face she finally realizes how wrong she was about everything that's been going on this entire series 
And... Hooray! Took her until, uh, <laughs> what was this, episode 6? Of... Still SCC. Yeah, 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing God, is, could you though, imagine? Hmm? Could you imagine if Feral House got nearly this length of a show run, and it took this long for <laughs> Amity to be not a shithead? Ugh. It would have been the worst. <laughs> God. Yeah, that would be. I don't know how I'd feel about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Amity is like one of my favorite characters on the show, and I feel like we would both hate her if it took this long for her to stop being a shit. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think partly it's just because, well, no, that's not fair. If the Owl House was this long, and if Amity was that awful, I feel like they would do a good job of portraying it, if that makes sense. Like, even in the, like, Lost in Language, she's still kind of an insufferable brat, but we get a lot of reasons why, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think we would at least have sympathy for her. But, yeah... Catra's whole journey, they've been showing us how she's been breaking down this whole time, so it's understandable in a way, if that makes sense. Not good, but understandable. (laughs) Yeah. So, we might not hate Amity as much as we suspect we might, but she definitely wouldn't be the best. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, um, despite Catra having this sudden realization and it being written all over her face, Adora does not have enough ability to read expressions to get this, and she leaves calling herself an idiot for thinking their relationship could be any different. Good job, you broke your girlfriend. Um, <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so we cut back to Etheria, where Swifty is telling anyone and everyone that he felt She-Ra out in space, and she's back now. But no one is really listening. Because we have to start a B-plot that does not matter. And so it has no attention. Hey, hey, it matters in, like, the last, like, five seconds, because it sets up the next episode stuff. <laughs> okay, yes. Technically, the B-plot matters. True. But... It For the most part, no. Yes, this episode does not treat it like it matters. It, it's clear that they do not care what this is until the end. They, all the scenes in B-plot are only here to get us to that last scene. They didn't. Like, <laughs> maybe they should have, like, sped up them getting back to Etheria, like, uh, a lot. <laughs> like, maybe we should have been, like, them being in space since episode 3, really at the end of episode 2 when they launched, and it's like, they're... Spoilers, I guess, for the next episode, they are still in space at the end of episode 7. They have been in space for most of this season. Almost all of it. Don't get me wrong, I love a space adventure, but yeah. If you want a space adventure, you have to either bring your crew with you or make it important that they're not there. Yeah. That's why, again, they don't know that the princes wouldn't be able to use their magic off-world. They should have brought, like, a lot of them. And then we wouldn't have them being fucking dumbasses on Etheria and getting themselves got. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so basically this side plot is that Frosta is in a bad mood for some reason. We never get a clearly defined reason as to why, but it's sort of implied that it's because of the war and she's a kid. But that's the closest we get. Um, in order to try and cheer her up, Natasha and Spinnerella are playing a made-up sport called Ice Ball, and, uh, yeah, it's not going very well. Micah tries to kind of barge in on this, but, uh, he makes the mistake of calling Frost a kiddo, which she does not like, and she storms off with the Ice Ball, 
And in conversation with Natasha and Spinarella, Micah admits that he is worried that kids won't like him, and specifically that Glimmer won't like him when she gets back, which is a reasonable concern. You haven't seen your daughter for, what, 16 years? It's... <laughs> yeah. But uh, this gets glossed over basically immediately, because then he suddenly has news from Elberon, which he tells to Natasha and Spinarella. Uh, apparently, the, the city needs help again. So Swifty is immediately on board because of the party they got last time, which I have to point out, that party was the uh, catalyst for, you know, the massive betraying, but whatever. And yeah, and also, you're... this is, again, just pointing out that they are so dumb. They are. They had to willingly leave Bright Moon, which was a defensible location, but very much noticeable and easy to find. So they went into the woods and hid in like the deepest part of it, where Horde Prime can't find them. Mm-hmm. And now they're willingly leaving it, immediately because they thought that they heard reports about there being Horde people near that town. But, like, when you get there and you see the state of things, you should immediately be like, something is wrong here, let's get the fuck out and not stick around for the weird-ass party. <laughs> and then, even after they learn that, they still go ahead and send even more of them out in the next episode for a dumb Skype call, basically, essentially. Well, <laughs> One-way Skype call, through space. <laughs> I would argue that in the face of an overwhelming presence like this you do need to do rebel action right you can't just sit in the forest well yeah true it's just that like once they realize that there's some weird shit going on in the town it's like there's too many people here there's like four of us we should probably leave maybe (laughs) to some degree sure but like the instant you realize that something weird is going on in the town the priority becomes discovering what's weird in the town right like if something freaky is happening to your people, you need the reconnaissance there. And they don't do that either. They just kind of go along with everything. Yeah, fair. But yeah, okay. So it makes sense that they would not really think that it's exactly all that strange the first time around. But once they realize what's going on, they should not be sending out anybody at all, especially because they're like, just want to have a guy be able to cast scrying on the door in space. <laughs> I disagree. I that's think they should really still be this. sending out people, but they should be sending out people to capture the infected so they can figure out how to undo it. That's super important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they should be trying to figure out how to undo it rather than let's make a one-way Skype call to Adora yeah. <laughs> to see what's going on. Like, <laughs> is, is, she, is, is mom back to fix our problem because we all fucked up? <laughs> no? Okay, cool. Yeah. <sighs> yay, yay, yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Spinarella and Natasha decide that they need to get Frost to go along also the instant they hear that Elberon does parties, because cheering up. Again, this is a very ill-defined plotline. On the ship, Adora is just kind of rampaging around a cargo bay. She's upset that Catra is still the same person she always was and hasn't magically had any introspection or personal growth. Uh, She doesn't actually say that, but that is why she's mad. And it's... It's a familiar feeling. I get this with some of my friends from the before times, but, you know, I don't go kicking around cargo crates full of food about it. Um, Glimmer kind of... It's it's light ribbing, but Glimmer does make fun of her a little here, saying that this is Catra after all. You can't really have expected her to change immediately. But Adora says no, she didn't expect that, but she was kind of hoping that Catra might at least try to be a little nicer after everything, and she hasn't even said thank you yet, and... Dora is just so frustrated, and I don't think even mad, really, just 
upset that her friend can't grow the way she needs to, that she just starts throwing around Jello, which apparently they have in crates in the cargo area. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and she also, I don't know if this was deliberate or not, but she just pastes Wrong Hordak right in the face with this Jello. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's he's fine. He's happy. To help yeah. Though. Yeah. He doesn't mind. He, he makes a mention here that he believes in the truth of Horde crime. Again, should not be on your ship. But... Yeah, this guy is so sus, you should immediately vent him. <laughs> yeah, but... Um... Clearly, like, the imposter is right in front of your face, you saw him vent, and you're not doing shit about it. <laughs> He's not even an imposter. He's wearing the imposter hat. <laughs> if there is one. But, yeah. <sighs> no, it's, it's not. It's like... I mean, the only difference is that, like, whenever you do the kill, you see them, like, basically, like, do something, like, have, like, a, like... Uh, a spike come out of their mouth or whatever, or they just have, like, a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just car- open carrying all over the ship. No one's paying attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Glimmer gives us a reminder that he's helping her cook. It turns out that this is not a cargo bay exactly as much as a pantry, where they just have, like, loose boxes of food that aren't secured whatsoever. Uh, it's... You can tell they've never been on a space voyage before. Um... Yeah, I mean, they literally haven't. None of them have. Yeah. It, it kind of looks like they just loaded up the food from the ground and tossed it in here, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, when Glimmer reminds him that he's cooking, he does give a throwaway line here that true nourishment comes from, quote, nutrient-rich amniotic fluid, and I just, like... Mm-hmm. He really did just drop that all that goo is womb juice. Yep, sure did. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fun. Really don't want to know how Prime is sourcing that. Um, <laughs> this is a show for children. Yep. They don't know what that shit is. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Now, Bo does interrupt this to show them that there are three ships approaching. He doesn't know how, since they can't track Darla. But uh, their ship is too damaged to fight or run, so Entrapta suggests diving into a nearby asteroid field. Bo is super against this on account of how the ship is already damaged, but they don't really have any other options, so... Why would Bo even bring up that this ship can't fight back? The ship has no guns. <laughs> I mean, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, we can't fight back because we're too damaged. Like, no, we can't fight that back. We can't fight back because we don't let them have to make guns on the ship, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they could do the, the Beggar's Canyon does, thing. Why does... If if Mara is from a species that or uh, yeah a species that wanted to basically do like global ge- like not global uh, like universe wide genocide, how come the ship doesn't have guns? <laughs> you would think everything the first ones to made would have had guns all over it. <laughs> well, it's possible that I mean Mara was kind of duped into being Shira, right? So they yeah. might have been lying to her all along. Maybe they told her it was just a peace mission and that she didn't need guns. Uh, so maybe they tricked her by giving her a ship that didn't have guns. Exactly, yeah. Just, it was part of the ruse. there to turn her into Shira so she can do the genocide laser. Right. And, I mean, this is just... Like, if that's what happens, then it makes sense in a weird kind of way. Because they wouldn't want her to have weapons that she could use against the planet, so... True, yeah. Because if they gave her but a ship like... with actual space weapons, she could just blow up the runestones the second she realized anything was wrong. True. That's why, again, you should have let Captain make guns. <laughs> <laughs> let her make guns, Bo. Why, do you, why are you so afraid of her using guns? <laughs> well, if she invents guns, then he's obsolete, so... <laughs> 
Well, too bad. <laughs> Bo, <laughs> Bo, you're a fighter. You, well, I guess you wouldn't immediately have like a person with guns. That's just an artificer thing if your campaign has guns. But you could, I mean, you yeah, could. You'd have to like, take the feet next time you got an ASI. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to take. Uh, I, I, I know there's actually like a feet. I think it's just gunner, right? Introducing tashes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a half feet. I think it gives you plus one dex at least. Something like that. Well, yeah, um, for some reason, this time, like, it hasn't been doing this before. Normally when he sits in the pilot chair, it's just like a glowy console in front of him. But this time it sort of bubbles around him. It's like a 360 degree steering pod. That kind of reminds me of the uh, gun turrets on the Millennium Falcon. But uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just <laughs> fully that. Yeah, I mean, so you would think that if if they could do that, that would be standard while piloting, since space doesn't exist on a single axis, but no. Um, back on Etheria, Spinny, Nettie, Swifty, Micah, and Frosta are hiking to Elberon. Frosta is kind of having trouble keeping up because her legs are short, because she is a child and everyone else here is an adult <laughs> or a horse. And yeah, why, why not have her just ride the horse? <laughs> I know, right? So Mike, like, uh, there's been there's been like what like two times that anybody's ever ridden Swiftwind at all in this show. <laughs> it was like the end of season one, and then that time when Adora rode him because they were fixing the tower in like season two or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like those like the only times that anybody's ever actually used Swiftwind as it, well. I don't want to say a vehicle, but a mode of transportation. <laughs> I think it's happened casually a couple times, but it's so rare that it's like not something we would ever point out, it, you know. It has. Has he just, like, built up a complex about not letting people ride on him or something That's... that we just didn't see? I mean, he is pretty against horses being used as animals of labor. <laughs> and yet he's agreed to it early on, but I guess since then he's like, wait, that would apply to me too. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> hmm, yes, I will help your rebellion, sure thing, but no one's allowed to ride on my back unless you pay me. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is what would Swiftwind use money for? <laughs> I don't care, but if he's getting if he's doing work, he deserves to be paid. It doesn't matter. Swiftwind can't even like count like he he wouldn't be able to like carry money around. He'd have to have it in a sack and have somebody to like grab the appropriate amount of currency. Also, we've never seen anybody actually like use money in this show. We don't know what their currency is. No, we don't. But Swifty still needs to be the president of yeah. the horse union. <laughs> we know there is a currency. Because like double trouble is getting paid, but like we don't know if that's the same currency as all of Ethereum uses, or if that's just horde doc, like horde bucks. Yeah, well, I mean, we know that um, it's like itchy and scratchy money can't use anywhere else. <laughs> well, I mean, assumedly most countries would not accept prime bucks, but <laughs> we do know for a fact that the uh, double trouble betrayed the horde because Glimmer was paying them more. So whatever Bright Moon has, but also, but also it seems like not based on next episode. <laughs> like. <laughs> One of my notes here from this episode is, hey, where the hell is Double Trouble in all this? Because I just realized we haven't seen Double Trouble at eh, Double Trouble at all this season. Turns out I was one episode off. Spoilers, but like, <laughs> they apparently aren't being like working for Glimmer because they're just fuck. They fucked off apparently. I guess like well, they're, they I did guess, the one guess, job for Glimmer and then they were I, done. No, Glimmer I, went I, to space. I think, I think their payment was, like, I think it was literally do this and I'll let you out. I don't think it was even do this and I'll pay you. I think it's do this and you can just leave. <laughs> I don't even think it was a payment involved. It's just Double Trouble wanted their freedom instead. And they've just been fucking about pretending to be another person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Alright, well, back to the horse union. Um... <laughs> Also, it would be Horde Dollars, obviously. Just... Oh, yes, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so, uh, Frosta, blah, 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 blah. She's having trouble keeping up because she's a kid. And Micah suggests she could ride on his shoulders because he used to do that for Glimmer all the time. But she gets mad because this is apparently little kid stuff. And she's not wrong. It's, like, you know, she's kind of a big kid for that, but whatever. Um, so they arrive at Elberon, but it is weird and abandoned. And now I have to go down my rabbit hole, okay? Here we go. <laughs> so. Five episodes ago, in the season premiere, we saw a shot of a child running from Hordebots, dropping a She-Ra doll, and Adora, who couldn't be She-Ra at the time, handing it back to her. At the time, Chloe claimed that this was not really touched on again. However, as I mentioned at the time, it has come back. That doll is laying well, abandoned in the middle was, of the city to show us that that child was I not meant, dead. What I meant <laughs> was that, like, Adora saw the doll, picked it up, gave it back to the kid, and, like, just, that was it. It wasn't, like, her, like, being, like, uh. Like, it wasn't like Adora being like, I'm sad, I can't be yeah. Shira, but she still looked up to me anyway. No, 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 you see, it just was the, foreshadowing. Just the doll came back. <laughs> yes, because the doll is now a symbol that tells us that that child is dead. Congratulations. Rip. <laughs> Hooray. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, so the main hall of the city opens up, and some Elberonians come out to greet the, the rebels, and... They, they seem kind of weird, but they insist there's no danger or horde drones, and that they must have been, like, misinformed, and, you know, maybe the heroes should just come for dinner. They must have had a long trip. So Swifty just bursts into the main hall, not even thinking this is strange, where it turns out all the Elberonians are just kind of standing around. It's mega creepy. <laughs> Swifty does not have perce uh, insight or perception, and also he does not have a wisdom score. <laughs> Yes, well, that will happen with a mount. Um, just because I think, at this, I think at this point he's got an upgrade to the player character. I think somebody's actually role-playing as Swifty and just doesn't actually know how to use any skills. I'm... I don't think Swifty, I don't think Swifty is like being also played by Adora because <laughs> I... like he talks like uh, the 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 greater the find greater Steve doesn't have like the ability to speak a language. Like yeah, it's intelligence will get raised up to like. I think it's six or eight, depending if it's lower than that, but it doesn't, like, learn how to speak a language, it just understands the languages that the summoner knows. Well, that's true, but I'm pretty sure that under some circumstances you can find a greater steed that already speaks, so... I know that, Intelligence like, Intelligence becomes six and gains the ability to understand one language, so it can't talk. Yeah, I like, I know that the, like, uh... Like, I think, like, the, uh, one or two of the special, uh, familiars that, uh, Pact of the Chain Warlocks and Summon actually can speak. Oh, yeah, like, most for of them sure. Are still just, like, most of them are still, like, telepathic. Like, even the Pseudo-Dragon is still telepathic. But they can talk to, like, anybody, not just the Summoner. Yeah, um... Yeah, it looks pretty common with the Paladin Mounts that they understand languages, but they can't speak them, so... Alright, fair enough. Um, yeah. Either way, we cut back to the ship where they've entered the asteroid field, and Entrapta is just being a little goblin about it, sort of giggling and eyes shining. She just loves being in an asteroid field, even though they are in grave danger. <laughs> um, and right as Bo says that he's found a place where they should be impossible to spot, the prime ships show up and start firing. Uh, Katra is actually thrown against a wall by an impact. This is the first time... The damage to the ship has felt significant. Normally it's just a banger, like in Star Trek, but mm -hmm. when she's thrown against the wall, she starts to see visions of armies marching on Etheria, which kind of seems to bother her a lot, actually. That's interesting. 
But uh, Darla comes on the loudspeaker to announce that the hull is down to 60% integrity, which you do not want on a ship. You do not want your hull integrity compromised at all. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Entrapta says that Prime must have figured out something on board that he can track, because if he can't track the ship itself, there must be something on here that he can follow. And this is where Adora realizes that uh, Catra's brain chip is leading Prime right to them, which... Okay, IMO uh, could be wrong Hordak, but sure, jump to the version where yeah, your girlfriend is to blame. Yeah, they don't actually think that, like, oh, with it's maybe also, like, they don't consider that it might be both, actually, because yeah. they both have chips. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you have to do, the, you have to take the chip off of both, or you need to at least take the chip off of Kadra and vent wrong Hordak into space. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the reality of the situation. Like, why, why, it's like... Katra at this point has told them before that they have like a hive mind of sorts. Like he straight up uses the term hive mind uh -huh. like, multiple times, and it's like you don't bring a person that's part of the hive mind onto the ship. Yeah, if you're not gonna do anything about making sure he ain't connected to the hive mind. You gotta vent this fucker. <laughs> But no, we can't actually murder anybody in this show, even though, it, well, I mean, it's bots, I guess, that the Dora murders later when she jumps out into space after them. But it's like, that's not people. Yeah, that's why there's no clones on those ships. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's why it's robots. But yeah, I don't know if this is just the, the, the repetitive trauma talking or what, but Adora immediately jumps to the assumption that her girlfriend is to blame, because let's face it, Katra has been to blame every other time. So... <laughs> Also fair. <laughs> fair is something considering that Catra's usually been behind everything. Yes. So she grabs Entrapta and drags her off to go see Catra, and we cut back to Elberon, where the Elberonians kind of, I mean, they provide the Rebellion crew with just sort of bowls of gray mush, and the rest of them stand around creepily, the same way that they have been all episode. And Swifty finally comments on how weird this is, while Natasa slips away to find Spinnerella. She was elsewhere in the crowd, and she says that something kind of weird happened, but before this can be discussed further, uh, the other guests, or the other rebels approach, telling them that it is time to leave. But the instant they mention that, the Elberonians lock the doors, because, you know, it's dark out and you wouldn't want to be traveling while it's dark and also the Guest of Honor isn't here yet uh, you can't leave without saying hi to Horde Prime, come on uh, <laughs> it's just bad manners um, yep Back and on. then, of course, yep, yeah. they uh, obviously didn't <laughs> expect that this was going to be any bit sus for some reason <laughs> yeah well, again, like, in this episode I'm pretty okay with the way they act. Like, yeah, again, they don't know about the chips. Even yeah. though it's like it's still very weird that these people are acting very differently compared to uh, when Swifty himself directly saw them last time. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, they obviously don't know about the mind control chips, but like, you would still like probably be a little bit suspicious. <laughs> yeah, because, all right, if there is anything that I would say they did poorly in this episode, so they get here, and they know right away something weird is going on. But instead of trying to figure it out, and instead of trying to do any kind of reconnaissance and gain information, they just go, okay, we're leaving at the top of their lungs and trigger the bad guy mobs. Yeah. <laughs> they could have, they don't like... I don't they don't know, try to like cause at these people's necks to see the weird glowing chips on them. Yeah. <laughs> they don't try to like cause distraction so some of them can like sneak out or anything. 
Yeah. Like, yep. Just gonna accept it at face value and oh no, they're bad. What a shock. Oh boy, this village is super weird. I guess we'll just ignore this plot point and continue the main quest. Is that okay, GM? <laughs> I mean, sure, if that's what you guys want to do. <laughs> and the GM's like, fuck, how do I rail them into actually seeing this plot? Fuck, 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 shit. I didn't prepare anything else today. My, 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 um, uh, fucking mind control chips. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Fuck it. <laughs> Somehow they're all chipped. Fuck it, they're not fighters. That's easy for them. For them, they've gotten chipped. Yeah. So yeah, um, back on the ship, uh, Adora barges into Catra's room again with Entrapta in tow, and Catra freaks out big time when Entrapta shows up. She's like back up against the wall. This is full on panic attack, and like we've talked about some bad takes by Adora and others, but this is like really bad IMO. Because Adora has unilaterally decided that Entrapta is going to do surgery on Catra without her consent. Mm -hmm. Have, uh, <laughs> did you also watch the Dungeons uh, and Tony Star Trek Odyssey? Just gotta ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is just entirely uh, gonna be like, come on, let's do brain surgery on Skip. Yeah, this will be cool. This will be fine. <laughs> And, like, Zach's just being like, sure! <laughs> just having a dumb smile on his face. The thing is, Entrapta's not even really into it at this point. Adora's like, just yeah. yelling that she's gonna do yeah, it. I mean, she, yeah, but Adora is, like, very much, like, doing, like, the gunny thing of, like, let's get it, let's get it, let's do it, come on. It's like, what is it, a DC-30 mask check? We got this. <laughs> Can't fucking lie for, to save my ass and, like, win at cards or anything like that. But sure, we can do brain surgery untrained on this guy. <laughs> Uh, that fucking campaign how did all of them not die at one point or another yeah the, the dumbest people imaginable and yet they were actually like some of their strongest player characters ever yeah so I, I don't know I know that this is a big deal and they need to deal with it but like I just really really am grossed out by this you know non-consensual surgery we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't read as good. Like, alright, yes, it was done to her once already, that's why she got in the hive mind. That doesn't give you permission to do it again. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but. I mean, it at least is, like, a little better than when it was obviously forced upon her by Prime before, because it's like, they're at least trying to, like, get it off of her. Like, they're trying to, like, be like, this is something we need to do to make sure we don't fucking all die. <laughs> like, like, cause like, unfortunately, you are kind of the mole here at the moment. Even again, I'm not gonna bother to actually like acknowledge the fact that the wrong Hordak is here, and also obviously a mole. But sure. <laughs> as much as I agree with that, like, don't get me wrong, it's definitely a dangerous situation, and they have to deal with it. But mm -hmm. again, you can't just decide that for somebody. And I would postulate that, uh, I don't know, just anesthetizing her would have the same effect. If Prime can track her because he knows what she knows, then, like, just knock her out and she doesn't know anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't super matter, though, because in uh, Catra is not that upset at all by... Adora's decision that she's going to have brain surgery. Uh, what she's upset about is that Entrapped is the one who's going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's just because it's largely because, you know, the last time she saw Entrapped, she kind of, like, shocked her and uh, trapped her on a death island. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
something about Entrapta herself. It's just the fact that she's obviously feeling guilty and doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Ketra, she basically thinks she's going to mysteriously die on the table. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, uh, hand slipped the door. Sorry, uh, somehow I ended up with the scalpel in her brain instead of in the neck. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you get when you uh, have somebody that's not a trained brain surgeon do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, of course, Entrapta doesn't think like that at all. She didn't realize it was even on the table until Catra said it out loud. So now she's yeah, no, it. like <laughs> yeah, like you put the idea in their head of like she's like, oh, that yeah, I could get revenge if I wanted to. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Catra's player is like, oh fuck, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> this is the most dysfunctional D and D group ever <laughs> of any sort, <laughs> considering they think they're just gonna murder each other at times. Yeah. Well, okay, so if we're treating this as a D&D group, how do you think this goes? Uh, is Katra a GM PC, or is she a player who has just been on the GM I... side this entire time? Hmm. I feel like she might have been a GM character, and when Katra, like, was saved by them, they were like, hey, I have another person here who's interested in playing. I'm going to have them take over Katra, if that's cool with y'all. <laughs> And like that player might just be like, "What? You're gonna kill me by doing brain surgery on me? What? I just got here." <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. They'd have to give a player a heck of a briefing to bring a new person in to play an that's, established that's character true, at yeah. this point it, in it the might, campaign. It might just it might just be the GM character, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've definitely yeah, like, heard it, of campaigns yeah, like, where there are players who are on the GM side, so to speak, and are villains, but yeah. Like, that's kind of what happened in, like, uh, one shot we did once where one of the players actually sided with, like, the asshole in the end, so we had to also kill them, and it's like, well, you made the wrong choice here, because <laughs> you're a rogue, and we're a group of, like, 40 people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely died. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it might, it's, I, I tell you what it is, is that, like, uh, Katra is, uh, again, to use a hero uh, analogy here, uh, Adora has a rivalry as one of her complications with Katra, so it's like, they're, like, they definitely at times have like uh, she's lessened the points in it, so it's gone from like uh, they want to like that uh, Catcher basically wants to kill her, and now it's more just like Catcher just wants to outdo her. So it's <laughs> like she's she's paid off a little bit of it to decrease the cost of the severity of the complication, but it's like it's definitely a case of like yeah she is a rival she is an NPC character controlled by the GM. Although you actually can make rivalries with other player characters as part of your character creation. Oh, that might be an option then. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Like it might it might just be that, yeah, it's like they are player characters, one of them's just been on the GM side for so long and now she's here, <laughs> but the rivalry is still unresolved because never then paid it off entirely to have a different complication. Right. right. And they're like, Well, you want me to do this and I still have a rivalry for you, so uh, I have to say like even though I am the character want to say yes, I in character have to say no, fuck you, because we have a rivalry. <laughs> you know what? This might be throwing a wrench in the works. I think at this point Catra has paid off her rivalry and Adora hasn't yet. Uh, yeah, that's actually might be it, yeah. <laughs> like, Adora, the, Adora's character is like, I just need, like, two more points. Once we're done with this session, I can finally get rid of it. Like, you've been getting two XP per session for every session, and I'm just, I, 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 it's a 20-point complication, I've got 18 points saved up, I'm gonna get rid of it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I had to, I had to spend my points on getting more OCV earlier, so I could do better with my sword. <laughs> I needed to buy my transformation back. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, actually, that was it. Yeah, she had to, she had to like uh, change her. Like, 
uh, transformation entirely to like have her in second form available. Because like before, it had a limitation of only one form. She had to buy that off so this way she could turn into a different form. <laughs> I like how much you've actually like kind of picked up on how Hero works, even though you've never played Hero or even looked at the rulebook. <laughs> <laughs> No, that would be appreciated, but I'm going to cut this part out because crime. <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm not well, going gonna... to... I... Okay, that part, not the whole thing, not the whole conversation. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to air you saying you're going to do a crime. <laughs> <laughs> eh, come on. If we're going to be like a Trans Underground Railroad podcast in the hellscape future of America, <laughs> we, we, have, we kind of have to do crimes on there, don't we? <laughs> I mean, yes, but that is different. That is us telling us telling people how to do crimes, not saying we're going to. Fair. <laughs> you know, you know, listener, uh, you could do these things to make a bomb. We're not saying you should, but I mean, this is how you would make a bomb. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, parts of this have to stay in now because it's time for story time. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Yours truly has always been a little bit of a weird hellion who decided that they were an anarchist at age 15, despite not really having any <laughs> political background for that. Hooray. To that end, at age 17-ish, uh, I got a copy of The Anarchist's Cookbook and built a bomb. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Okay, I always wondered about that. Does The Anarchist's Cookbook actually have the power instructions on how to build a bomb? Uh, there are multiple bomb recipes in that book. Huh! Okay, I kind of would expect that they wouldn't actually be able to sell a book that teaches you how to build a bomb. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely, like, it's got a recipe for napalm in there. <laughs> oh, fun. Huh. Yeah. Well, so now the question is, what happened to that bomb that you made? Uh, well, it wasn't a big I, one. I like, how you're, I like how you're like, I have to edit out you saying that I'm going to share a PDF with you because that's a crime, but you're also admitting to just having built a bomb. <laughs> well... <laughs> yeah. When I, I feel said... like we can leave. You know, for leaving this part, and I feel like we can leave me sharing a PDF. In. I guess. Um, <laughs> the thing is, is that I, I call it a bomb. It's not really. It's more like a firework. Is the thing. I, I, it still exploded in some manner, right? It did not. That's the climax of oh, the story. Oh, despite following too. the directions in the book to a T, it does not explode. It just wound up being. A mass of theoretically combustible material packed into a tennis ball. The end. <laughs> Wait, you use a tennis ball for it? For the shell, yeah. Huh. I guess I wouldn't expect that to be like the, like uh, casing, more or less. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea is with this book to be able to use cheap and available stuff, right? So, since a tennis ball I, is I guess, small, yeah. once you slice it open, you can just stuff things in there. But, yeah, I guess for I guess for some reason I was thinking along the lines of like something the size of like a like uh oh god like a like an alcohol flask or something like that. But also like if you're like selling this book like primarily marketed at like rebellious teenagers, I guess at the time it's like they, <laughs> they're not the age of like actually being able to buy a flask. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess actually there's probably no law about buying a flask, right? Because it's not like you're buying the alcohol to go in the flask. You just yeah. be buying a flask for like water. I guess you really can't like definitely did yeah, buy a flask at age sixteen. Yeah, I guess you really can't stop a kid from doing that because it's not alcohol. It's yeah. like it has the implication that they would have alcohol in it if you have a flask around with you, but like mm -hmm. there's no guarantee it like it would be alcohol, I guess. Yes indeed. I used to carry mine full of lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, so the, the, the bomb story. Essentially, way, way, way back in the day, I used to have a YouTube channel. Don't look it up. I don't want you to see it. But the thought was, if I could get a basis on bomb making, then we could do some really cool special effects for our videos. <laughs> <laughs> You know, definitely, uh, def definitely on the up and up, officer. I swear, I was just making a bomb for special effects for my YouTube channel. Yeah, not, you know. not to do it, not to do with terrorism. It's fine. You know, you don't need a permit to detonate for videos. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just I haven't watched any Mythbusters to see them have to go into like a specific like bomb dispersal yard or anything like that when they're doing their various tests that need bombs yeah. or anything else that could blow up. <laughs> But yeah, no. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely not. Discovery Channel lies. <laughs> Thing is, um, I'm not. I haven't gotten to the worst part yet. So, oh boy, <laughs> assembling this bomb needs a very pristine surface, basically. And I, again, I keep saying bomb. It's more like a small firework. But it, you need a like a clean, preferably stainless steel surface that you can work on, so the material doesn't get into the table yeah. not something non-porous you know i uh, didn't I have you. anything like that available to me so i uh -oh. built this bomb in the back room of oh no the ice cream shop where i worked oh jeez. <laughs> 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 I see. I thought you were going at that if you were doing it on like your kitchen table and when your parents saw something. No, no, Not worse than that. You were doing it at your job. Literally at my place of employment. Yes. Where they could have easily ratted you out for doing a mega crime of trying to build a bomb. And, like, uh, get no, you well, you see, fired. the thing is, uh, they trusted me, and so even though I wasn't a manager, uh, well, I was the person they, who locked up at night. There, see, there's your problem: trusting a teenager. Yes. Uh, yeah, so oh, uh, so I went to all that trouble and snuck around and found a place where I could get the table so that the cameras didn't catch it, and then uh, it just did not work at all. There was not even a spark. <laughs> it was the we most disappointing thing. We we definitely have to call this episode something about doing a crime, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, th like something like the levels of us being different criminals or something like that. <laughs> me, be, me and the mastermind criminal here sharing a PDF of a t tabletop book that isn't really sold physically. And if you do find it, it's always like used copies like $100 or like the PDF is like 50 or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to you trying to make a bomb in an ice cream parlor <laughs> that you worked at. It wasn't a real bomb. <laughs> But you were trying to make a bomb, and you had the instructions to make a real bomb. Just because it failed doesn't mean it wasn't an attempt to make a bomb. Listen, if it had worked, if it had worked, it would have had less explosive force than a Roman candle, okay? Still, it would have been an explosive device that you built with your hands, that you made by buying stuff that you could buy at, like, what, a hardware store, I'm assuming, or something? Uh, Walmart. Okay, even worse. Even fucking worse. Walmart's not gonna ask any questions. <laughs> Listen, there's a reason I'm not saying how I did it, okay? <laughs> they straight up just sell guns at Walmart. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, yeah. <sighs> I read a lot of those books back in the day. The sort of practical anarchist's guides or whatever. And uh, a lot of them were written in the 80s, it turns out. And the way you can tell is because there's definitely one of them that just says, Do you need to get someplace fast? Hijack a plane. It's fun. Jesus Christ. 
Oh, no, Ray. Uh, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, the random average civilian that's capable of doing that definitely knows how to fly a plane, assholes. You don't need to like, fly let's... the plane. In the 80s, it was really easy to hijack them, is the thing. <laughs> That's yeah, not like really true anymore. Like you but have, back in the day, like you have any, like you have any fucking escape plan because they could, like, you know, figure out that the plane was going off the path that it was supposed to go on, and therefore <laughs> something had happened, and they take it over, and they would definitely have people waiting with guns at the landing strip that you planned in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real, real smart. Unless you're going to try to parachute your way up, but I don't think you really can do that from a height that, a fl- uh, you know, like a height that most planes travel at. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't think planes really have parachutes necessarily because they don't really crash. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's the 80s, who knows? But, yeah, that's, those books are very interesting and shaped a lot of my young worldview and I think are, based on my experience, full of advice that may not necessarily work. <laughs> I have no idea how many bomb recipes in the anarchist cookbook are actually bomb recipes they may not none of them work maybe it's the whole thing is a trap i gotta look it up to see if you can even buy this thing anymore <laughs> uh, uh it seems like you could uh doesn't look like you can buy it at like most bookstores anymore these days but it looks like you can still buy it at least online to be delivered to you <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit concerning but also kind kind of rad <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of important information about there for people who are, I don't know, say, taking the resistance to the streets against overbearing police systems. Not that I would endorse it or anything. Or, or shitty politicians that are forcing you to work, even if it means that you're being uh, having your life put on at risk. Exactly. Because <laughs> you don't get PTO days. Plus, I'm pretty sure there's instructions in, in, my, in there in on Minecraft. how to steal yogurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course, this is all we we have. The, we have the the parody in uh, in parentheses next to our names here, so you can tell that we're not being serious. We're in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't see the physical component of this, where we're both also playing Minecraft together as we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yes, I made that bomb out of redstone and TNT. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. You just put four in there and five of the other. I think it's like the TNT goes in like the cross... Uh, uh, yeah, the gunpowder goes in like the cross uh, orientation and the redstone is on like the corners, right? And that makes TNT. Something like that, yes. <laughs> if I remember correctly. I've never been good at Minecraft except for the digging and exploding things. <laughs> um... Yes, so, uh, I think that we're <laughs> steering away from my oh, life right, of crime. Right, it, right, it was because I offered to give you a PDF to yep. let you know how Hero works. Yes. <laughs> and then somehow that became, I tried to make a bomb at my job when I was 16. Yeah, you know, casual <laughs> stuff. Yeah, as, as one does. <laughs> um, you ever admit to crime on a podcast by accident? Whoops. <laughs> we said by accident. Not fair. <laughs> Listen, I told that story because our listeners will enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, I did. <laughs> That's not coming in. There's a reason I didn't give no details. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Obviously, you're not saying the recipe of how to make a bomb on this. Yeah. Because I won't Even take the-, the risk that it does work for someone else. <laughs> because then I'm an accessory to a crime. <laughs> 
I guess I technically would be if somebody actually goes and orders the book now. And I mentioned you can still buy it online, apparently. No, that's fine. You're allowed to buy a book. Yeah, yeah. Just because you know, it's like uh, you're. It's like you're just like, oh, I just have this book on my uh, coffee table here. Uh, weird how that's there. It's definitely not something that I definitely gave to the person that just blew up uh, a fucking uh, billionaire's home or anything in Minecraft. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> There's no laws against owning books, right? You could have an entire library of uh, how to build bomb I, I, books as long as you didn't actually I, I, build bombs. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of people in America trying to ban a bunch of queer books at the moment. <laughs> I mean, yes, but you'll notice that they're trying to ban books from libraries, not private ownership. <laughs> True. Yeah, get to the. They don't want the kids getting the queer books because they might be gay. Yeah. They re if they read it, they might be trans, and oh no. Now, you probably won't find the Anarchist Cookbook at your local library, because most libraries have policies about not including harmful materials, so... Boo. <laughs> but you can own it Coward. yourself, no problem. Coward. <laughs> You gotta let you got you gotta help train up the uh, the Gen Z uh, resistance to be able to fight back. <laughs> you got you gotta be like, look, kid, you're you're here. Uh, here's a free copy of Anarchist Cookbook and also a bunch of queer literature. You don't have to return it. It's just a gift. It's not like you're like it's not like we're forcing you to rent it. It's no, this is a present that we're giving to everybody. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I agree with you on a lot of points, but libraries have to have policies like that specifically because they can't indemnify themselves. I mean, uh, like yeah. a library, a public library is essentially the only form of socialism that still exists in the states outside of the social security system. So because we are taking government funding, we have to be able to protect ourselves. If we go down, then there's nothing left for the people, you know? True. So yeah. while we may provide access to information, we're going to, you know, not necessarily keep bomb-making manuals in our catalog. We might help you learn how to get those, if that's a thing you're interested <laughs> in, but we're not going to provide them. <laughs> Just imagine you at a library being like, look, I can't tell you how to get this, but, uh... Just slides a piece of paper and it just has a URL on it. It's like, I can't tell you that you should go to the site in order to learn how to make a bomb, but, uh... How did you so you thoroughly know? predict my library future? <laughs> <laughs> now, back after the Patriot Acts, there was a thing where libraries were required to disclose all information for all patrons who had used the computers after, um that act passed and that was a huge deal because it was considered a major invasion of privacy and the thing is librarians weren't actually allowed to tell patrons that they were required to do that if the government asked so what started happening is just mysterious little business cards and flyers appeared under different keyboards and on computers saying hey by the way we can't not give the government this stuff if they want it <laughs> we couldn't like out and out tell people not to do crimes on the computer because they might be investigated, but we could warn them. Not even directly, we couldn't say the words, but we could, like, sneak the information to them, you know? That's the kind of yeah. thing libraries can do for the rebellion. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but, yes, um, that was very much a tangent. So, uh, brain surgery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gunny and Skip here, doing the brain surgery. <laughs> uh. 
What do we call this episode? Nobody builds a bomb? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have to do something like that. We have to, re- we have to at least allude to crime, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it has to be something. We're workshopping. We've got like two weeks before this episode will go out, but we gotta figure, we gotta do something like that. <laughs> Am I allowed to tell you that I used to shoplift when I was a teenager? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we just call this dip to where we admit to a lot of crime. <laughs> Can we call this the Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Nobody? <laughs> no, because I feel like that's still going to show up in some bad uh, uh, ESO searches just by looking up Fantastic <laughs> Beasts. I don't want yeah. us to be associated with that shit. We bring up the bad Wizard Boy series enough already. And that's, just... that's true. <sighs> Yeah, no. I think we can just call it something like the episode where we admit a bunch of crimes. <laughs> uh, I stopped shoplifting because I did it on an Air Force base and they caught me and it turns out the Air Force base uses military police to enforce their shoplifting Uh-oh. rules. So they came in yeah, with I... full-on AKs and like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably going to be a bit terrifying. Yeah, no, so I don't do that so much. <laughs> anymore that was that was the learning experience <laughs> i like how you specify i don't do that so much <laughs> uh, listen i don't steal from people okay and i uh, yes try... yeah, you should not steal from people steal from corporations though in minecraft of course yes 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 naturally and generally speaking i don't steal physical goods either because that's way easier to get caught i have learned to do my crimes online like everyone else <laughs> Anyway, uh, now that I'm done admitting all of my sins... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, if we're admitting to sins, uh, I guess I could admit I, I like once stole like a like little toy water gun that was like a hand-sized one from a kid by accident. <laughs> Not actually by accident, <laughs> he dropped it, and his mom didn't notice, and I was right there, and I was like, hmm. I was like five, to be in my defense. That was not... Yeah, no. That was... <laughs> I mean, even like as a teenager, I was kind of also kind of a bit of like a little bit of a queer public shit. And then it turns out uh, that changed a lot, huh? <laughs> Fair enough, so, yeah. I don't think you can really judge the actions of a ki- of a little child, especially like back then when I was like four or five and I did that. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't like it, but like it's something I did, but yeah, it sucked. <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, you do. I, I don't even know what I was too busy being a secret hellion to be queer public. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Because no one knew about this stuff. I was very good at lying. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever admitted it. <laughs> For everyone to hear. <laughs> My parents know about the one time I got caught shoplifting, and that's it. <laughs> so I hope they don't listen to this show. Um. Ah, goodness me. <sighs> Boy. That, that, that was... A bigger diversion every time I tried to stop making it a diversion. <laughs> I mean, hey, I made it more so of when because it's like if you're gonna admit to some stuff, I guess that does admit to some stuff. It only makes it fair. Chloe, I just spent twenty five minutes admitting to every crime I've ever committed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, hey, it turns out I spent. I, it took me like what, well, like twenty seconds for mine, considering that was the only one I. That was the only thing I've ever stolen. <laughs> I mean, a parent accidentally stole, like, something, uh, just because they didn't get charged for it in the checkout line, but that's because it was, like, one of those, it was, like, one of those, like, automated checkout lines, but they had a person scanning mm-hmm. the stuff for some reason, and, yeah, they just didn't scan something, and we realized when we were on the way out, I was like, they didn't scan that, huh? Uh, it's Home Depot, whatever. Oh, but that's the good kind of theft. Everybody does that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, it's not technically our fault. It's, it's, yeah, they did it. Exactly. Um, all right, well, um, 
Uh, <laughs> Where the fuck were we? <laughs> I'm trying to find a transition back into it. But we were at Catra's bedside where she's been told she's getting a surgery, whether right, she right, wants yeah. it or Get, not. Right, getting in skip, yep. Yeah. Right, okay. And she I thinks Entrapped is going to kill her on the table. And uh, so Entrapta's bedside manner is less than reassuring. Uh, the instant that Catra says that you could kill me if you wanted to, she just pulls out the buzz saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 when she pulls out the buzzsaw, that was definitely when I was like, "There's just this is just straight up the D twenty scene scenario." Just <laughs> like, yeah, just put Skip on this table. We'll, we'll we'll take care of this. Yeah, we'll get this chip out of his head. Yeah, <laughs> it's very much like yeah. Why doesn't Trapta have? I guess she has a buzzsaw on board the ship in case she has to do like some like emergency repairs to the ship. But it's like I don't think you're necessarily like cutting through metal with a buzzsaw. Yeah. You need like welding torch and stuff like that. <laughs> Like metal clippers? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like how you would actually like get well, like. If the saw is diamond tipped, then that would be sharp enough to. I guess. I don't know if they have the technology for that in Ethereum, but if anybody's got it, it's Entrapta. Yeah, probably. I mean, she's the only one that actually knows anything about technology on the whole damn planet besides the Horde, and it seemed like most of the Horde on the planet, uh, at least what we knew of the, as the Horde before Season 5, seemed like they're just dead. <laughs> <laughs> seems like everybody except the few that defected are just toast. Yeah, all the gay ones are fine, but... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anybody that was in, like, a polycule of some sort is uh, perfectly okay, but everybody else is dead. Yes. Rip, rip to all those guys, I guess. Rip Gliz, Grizzlor, Rip Octavia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're in characters. They were in one episode. Oh, I guess Octavia was in two, but, like, still. <laughs> Grizzlor was they in two even... episodes. <laughs> I, think, I just remember when he was yeah. in, like, the one episode early in season one when he shot Adora. <laughs> yeah, he was in the episode where he shot Adora with the tank, and then he was also in the flashback where uh, Shadow Weaver oh, first brought baby Adora right. to Hordak. Right, gotcha. Yeah, I forgot. We didn't mention him at the time. Was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, he, he also the one in, like, the perfect world doing, like, the presentation? Or was that some other guy? Uh, I th that was some other guy. He also had a name, but I don't remember what it was. That's the guy from gotcha. episode one. The, the purple oh, one okay. who was, like, like, their boss. Yeah, like, the, the drill sergeant guy or whatever. Yeah, that guy. Right, um, okay. I can't believe I remember Grizzlord, not drill sergeant guy. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm looking this guy up to see what the fuck his name was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, while you're looking that up, uh, they have backed Catra into a corner, basically, and Adora just says flat out, "They're doing this surgery whether she likes it or not." And afterwards, if she wants to hide from the people she hurt for the rest of her life, they'll drop her off on some random planet like she asked, and she won't ever have to see Adora again. So, great last impression, oh, uh Adora. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the Shira Wiki does not list this guy at all, whatsoever. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> no, 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 just the main characters on the characters, not this guy. They they credit Kyle Rogelio and Nani just because they have to in there, but they don't credit this dude. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but okay. Because <laughs> he's not a character. <laughs> I'm like, do I have to go back to episode one and like watch, like look at the credits and see if he shows up? <laughs> uh, that would be Commander Cobalt. Oh, that's his name. Yep. Huh? How'd you find it out so easily? Uh, it's in the trivia for episode one. Oh, I didn't look that far. I was looking at the character list. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember the last time you had trivia to talk yeah, about? 
<laughs> well, it was last week, wasn't yeah. it? Because <laughs> like I had like characters, like new characters. Yeah. yeah. We had a Katano's voice actress on the show for a single episode, and they still act like they're part of the rebellion, but they ain't. <laughs> they sure ain't. Um, yeah. yeah. So as Adora yeah. is turning to leave Catra behind forever, Catra takes her hand, lesbian initially, and asks her to stay with her. Um, back in Elberon, the villagers have surrounded the rebels and are trying to pin them down, basically, and in the middle of the fight, Micah gets between Frosta and somebody she's about to punch in the face, and she just blows up at him, because they are in a life-or-death fight, he cannot be protecting her like this, but that is not actually what he wants. These are Ethereans, just whatever Prime has done to them, they're still innocent, and they can't hurt these people, and Frosta is, like, by far the most powerful DPS on this team, so he wants her to not do a bunch of murders. <laughs> I, fair. Like, unfortunately, Frosta is like the uh, the char- like she's like basically like the sorcerer party member who did not take any spells besides murder spells. Yeah. Unfortunately, well, like, she did like, get one. She's got wall of ice. So. Uh, fair. Yeah, she's got yeah. wall of ice, but it's like she doesn't have like in. Well, I guess entangles a druid spell. It's not actually a, war- a warlock spell. Yeah. She doesn't have like web or anything like that. Which I guess you also probably you can only really use web to like slow down people. You really can't like uh, trap them like you could entangle. Yeah. Like she doesn't. She doesn't have any like non-lethal way of trying to like take people out. <laughs> like I've I've got cone of cold. I've got ray of frost. I've got uh, fleet storm. I don't know why fleet storm sucks. <laughs> like it's <laughs> automatic. Uh, yeah, there's really like not many like cold spells that like sorcerers really get that are actually really good. Like it's really just Ray of Frost and Cone of Cold, is that right? Yeah, really? but she might have taken that um that feat that lets you change the elemental type. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, transmute spell. Yeah. Get your fireball, but actually it's an ice ball, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, she's got cold ball and uh cold bolt and uh uh well she wouldn't have moonbeam so she can't have cold beam. But also why the fuck I mean you can't change that because it's radiant, but like why would you want to change something radiant to cold? Cold is like not a good attack type. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Radiant's one of the best attack types in 5e. Why would you want to change it to anything else? Yeah. The only thing you would want to change it to is Force, because no things really resist Force. <laughs> you know. I, like how, I like how somehow we had this conversation in, like, the Discord chat today, <laughs> earlier on, and now we're having it again. <laughs> Just you and me. <laughs> yeah, um... So instead of doing the intelligent thing and using her wall of ice to block the monsters away from the party, she just mm-hmm. puts up a dome and traps the party inside. Yeah, uh, not smart. <laughs> yeah, and this did not think this through. Does not really work very well because the Elberonians are just ripping chunks out of the wall with their bare hands. I guess they got a damage upgrade when they got brainwashed. Um, yeah, I mean, well, they're gone from NPCs to uh, like. Uh, fucking uh, enemies controlled by the GM. It's like he's got the GM's got to get them at least like some extra strength. Yeah, <laughs> they got to they got to they they got to like not be that much of a threat, but they have to be just enough of a threat. Yeah. Like it's like we don't need to like really like beat you into submission. We just have to grab you long enough to chip you. <laughs> <laughs> we like we we've all only got like plus three to these grapple checks, but uh, there's like forty of us. Somebody's gonna crit. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, back on the ship, uh, Entrapta's right about to start the operation, but Catra asks her to wait. Um, she's cooperating now, but also she's still getting flashes of Prime Vision, and she thinks maybe she can use that to help Adora and her friends. She's hesitant about this, but she does describe what she saw as being a part of a hive mind. It's just like 
herself was gone, but also she could see everything that Prime was thinking. And so she thinks she can use that to tell Adora about what's what he's doing, what's going on. And Adora is obviously very against this, but Catra insists that this is the only way that she can help out and maybe give Adora information that'll keep her alive. As long as Adora stays with her while she's doing it, she goes in. You know, girls. Um... <laughs> Girls, girls, girls. Yeah. <laughs> she tells them that Prime is angry. Thank you, Catro. Uh, we could not have guessed that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not at all from him being a fascist that finally had some of his plans go awry. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely couldn't guess that he's pissed. Surely he is not upset that we broke into his base and stole one of his Prime clones and freed her. Um, and also that he's after revenge. Again, thank you, Catra. Yeah, yeah. R- real good insight you're getting here, Catra, by casting your scrying spell here of, like, he's angry and he wants to get back at us because yes. we fucked him over. Oh, no. Yeah, but then she finally does get some good information because he's doing something to Etheria, something big, something new. She realizes that he is chipping every person on Etheria when she realizes how many more voices there are in the hive mind, which is kind of a horrifying way to realize that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, Bo is doing his best to steer through the asteroid field, but things are pretty dicey because he's getting shot at also. That's it, just a little check-in on Bo, that's the whole scene. Um, <laughs> on Etheria, Prime has assumed direct control of the Elberonians, and he just sort of does his smarmy, superior asshole thing where he asks why the rebels are rejecting the peace he wants to bring. He's just trying to make things nice on Etheria. And then he breaks through the ice wall, and as Swiftwind basically prays to Shira for help, uh, they get dragged out into the crowd. It's full on zombie movie. Yeah, like they are literally about like it is, this is full on like uh, end of uh, Walking Dead season one episode one where they just tear the guy off the horse and just eat the horse as he escapes into the tank. Uh-huh, yeah, rips rips with the I guess. <laughs> uh, and that's the only time I'll ever bring up that show because it sucks. <laughs> good call. Yep. God, are they are they still like doing that show? Is that still going? Like, I, they, I know they did that spinoff of Fear of the Walking Dead, which is just like it's, that's just the Walking Dead again. I believe <laughs> just the doing main zombies show has again. ended, but there is a sequel following. What's his name? Crossbow guy. Jesus, uh, the the guy they made for the sake of the TV show because he wasn't in the comics. Yes. Yeah, the one they made as like the brother of like the racist asshole who's actually in the comics. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Um. Is that Norman Reedus? Wait, is he is he the is he crossbow guy or is he racist guy? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's crossbow guy. Oh right, because like a uh, racist guy is uh, Yondu in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, that's the guy, Michael yeah, Rooker. That guy. Yeah, he definitely says the N word in that second episode, which is great. <laughs> Nobody's Mary Poppins though. <laughs> uh. Speaking of which, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special not going a long way to rehabilitating Yondu's image like they tried to pretend in the second movie. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. He, they treat... he is not a good oh, dude. Oh, oh, okay. oh, okay. So is the Christmas special like set between seasons one and two or something? Nah, it, it's or... after the second or... movie, but there are flashbacks to Quill's childhood as a, as a ravager. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, okay, there I was like... definitely is a scene where he's trying to set up Christmas, and uh, Yondu just steals his Christmas tree and spikes it into a trash can. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. You got... <laughs> not gonna lie, that's a little bit funny that he just spikes it into a trash can, but like, still. Yeah. Uh, shitty dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but slightly better than his genocidal I told dad, I guess. 
<laughs> not that hard of a comparison, I suppose. Yeah. Considering he, you know, he used to joke about trying to eat him, but not actually went through with it because he actually did be a bit fond of this kid. I mean, he literally stopped him from like being handed over to the genocide dad. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, back in space, Darla reports that the hull of the ship has sustained multiple fractures. This is a problem, and no one is bothered yeah. by this. Yeah, no, that's that's like air venting in the space problem. Yeah, you don't want that's that like on your spaceship. That's decompression and you dead problem. <laughs> <sighs> but no one seems especially bothered, but yeah. Um, Katra finally says that she wants to go home, because she's realized how much Etheria means to her now, and Adora promises again that she'll take Katra back, and that Prime won't hurt anybody else. And then she turns into She-Ra, brand new transformation sequence and everything, and just sort of jumps out the airlock, which, this is not the time to test if you can breathe in space, Adora. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I mean, I guess she's like, well, I, I, uh, I guess this is the only option we have. We don't have guns, so hope for the best. You have a spacesuit, stop it. <laughs> Look, don't think, don't worry about that. She can't, she can't fit her new lesbian armor in the spacesuit. I, yeah, I guess the helmet wings would get in the way. Exactly. Like she can't just take the helmet off. <laughs> well, no, that would illusion. kind of just defeat the point of wearing a spacesuit. <laughs> exactly. Like you can't just have parts of the spacesuit on. You just can't put on the helmet, and you get you like. You can't you can't have them notice obviously that it is definitely She-Ra even though she's definitely got a sword and is tall <laughs> if she's just in a spacesuit. Um, back in Elberon, right as the rebels are being overwhelmed, Swifty starts to glow. It's sort of a She-Ra yellow. Uh, somehow he manages to cast Destructive Wave, which pushes all the Elberonians back, but it's dealing non-lethal damage. This is a super custom spell, and. <laughs> Well, he's using a careful spell, and just uh, he's he's allowed to like uh, make it work on all of them, so they only take half damage, so they're fine. <laughs> like they all have to obviously also have at least like some like fifteen hit points. He's intentionally rolling low. He's he's got the uh, the empowered spell thing, and he's like just being like, can I intentionally roll low instead of trying to roll higher? Because <laughs> I don't want to murder these people, and also not trying to not murder people when using magic is really hard, because like. It's not like using a melee weapon. Like if you use a mag like a magic spell or a ranged weapon, it's like you can't just try to knock this person out. Yeah. They need, like they are making death saves once they get to zero. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this this pushes all the Elberonians back, and the rebels are able to take the moment to run, and then we're back in the ship. It's just a very quick scene. Entrapta is doing surgery in the middle of a firefight, <laughs> and she notes mm -hmm. that this chip has fused with Katra's nervous system. This is extremely bad. You do not want that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't want to just be pulling off wires when they're attached to this person's nervous system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what she tells us here is that it is drawing from Katra's own bioelectricity. It's literally pulling from her brain power to power the chip. That's gross. I hate it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Outside, though, uh, Adora, I guess, can breathe in space, because she's just jumping around the asteroid field. Uh, she can't, like, fly, exactly, but she can navigate in zero-g as if she were in Atmo, and she just annihilates these attacking ships with her sword. It's kind of ridiculous. She's bisecting entire spaceships, and also she casts an Eldritch Blast for once. Um, hey, finally. <laughs> She also, her GM also, like, homebrewed her, having access to absorb elements that she can just basically take shots and then power up her melee hits. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, hey, it's a very useful spell. Yeah. I mean, in space, for sure. And then after the attackers are dealt with, the ship is stable enough at this point for Entrapta to safely remove the trip, though we don't actually see that, so thank goodness for that. But once it's removed, uh, it shouldn't be able to signal anymore because it's not connected to Kadra's brain, so it doesn't have a power source. And she's about to just kind of leave immediately, but Kadra asks her to hang back for a moment and apologizes. Like, not for anything specific, but just, you know, kind of everything all at In once. In general, yeah. She's like, there's, there's like too much to really list out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of got to go with just one generality one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And Entrapta, being the best girl that she is, just pats Catra on the head and says she forgives her and moves on with her life. <laughs> and, yep. D yeah. Like, at the least, like, I can kind of buy, like, her just giving, like, just, you know, forgiving, like, Catra easily. It's it's still a case of I'm just like, yeah, both forgave Glimmer kind of too quickly, though. <laughs> For how long they've known each other and everything, it's like, that's still just fitting too much. Like, Entrapta doesn't have any malicious bone in her body, basically. Entrapta does not understand the concept of a grudge, much less how to carry one. Y yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, uh, you, got, you got that uh, autism working for you a lot, Entrapta. <laughs> yeah. Um, Katra doesn't say anything here, but again, just pure emotion all over her face. This is the first time anyone has ever forgiven her for anything, and it means so much to her. It was mm -hmm. nothing to Entrapta, and it's her whole world. And there's a cutaway where we get Adora, Bo, and Entrapta just having some floor time, like you do. Uh, Entrapta has now repaired the ship to full functionality, which I would say is very impressive, fixing a ship while you're in it in the middle of dead space. And also, the hull was fractured, but... <laughs> oh, oh well, I, well, I, wait, they're in dead space now? Where are the Necromorphs? No, I mean, you know what I mean. Dead space where is the, no where motion. The where, where are the Unitologists? Yeah, no, I'd get what you yeah, no, I'm making a joke. <laughs> yeah, so... They're just happy that she raws back, and that wasn't a one-time thing, and... You know, laying on the floor, like you do. Uh, Glimmer shows up with food, though, so floor time is over, because she has made Bowsy, which apparently she used to make with her mom all the time. So, I guess, a little bit of insight into Queen Angela. She did cook sometimes, except, as we learn very quickly, uh, Angela was not a good cook. So, <laughs> uh, Glimmer figured that if her mom could make these, then she could probably do that, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, ringing that endorsement. Like, like, oh, if, if person I knew could make this, uh, I should be able to, right? <laughs> I don't have a recipe or anything, and I'm in space, but sure, I should be able to do it. <laughs> Like, on the one hand, yeah, she made him with her mom all the time. On the other hand, that is a brutal thing to say about your mom who died and turned you into a genocidal maniac, right? Yeah. That, that, you can't just poke fun at her like that. You had a whole villain arc because of this. <laughs> yep. But either way, uh, they start to eat, sort of impressed with how good these are. They never expected Glimmer to be able to make food. When Katra comes in, she's still in her sports bra and boxers, and very awkward and quiet, but... Yeah, they can't, why can't they give her something to wear? <laughs> like, she has her normal outfit the next episode, but, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. The thing that really... Okay, I, I don't want to talk about this, but I have to. Katra got an outfit change. Horde Prime gave her a new outfit. Is she still wearing Horde Prime's underwear? Uh, presumably. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like it's that like whitish like gray color that like primarily is like his aesthetic. It doesn't have green and stuff, but like it's not like her like 
actually, wait, I'm trying to remember. Did we ever actually see her before, like, wearing, like, pajamas or underwear or something before? Not really. She was remember. always in those full body suits. Yeah, because, like, I'm even trying to remember, because, like, the bit where she's, like, asleep on the Doris bed in a very definitely not gay way in the first episode, it's, like, I'm pretty sure she's just wearing her normal Yeah, she's just in the full normal outfit. She didn't bother to get undressed. <laughs> Maybe the Horde doesn't actually get them any outfits besides their normal clothes, so, like, they're, like, oh, this is, what? I actually, no, I, I say that, I think Adora actually had something different on. <laughs> I'm trying to scroll through the episode and see now. Uh... <laughs> Follow a question oh. while you're scrolling. If Prime, like, if he was Catra, do you think having to wear a bra gave him any gender feels? <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. Yeah, so Adora, yeah, she definitely is just wearing her normal clothes with the jacket off because she's just wearing that. But yeah, like, <laughs> Catra is also just straight up wearing her normal clothes also. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you see, at the beginning of the series, they didn't have enough money to uh, do other character models, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we'll go ahead and spend money on uh, changing up uh, Catcher's appearance now to give her a haircut, and also, like, put her in the intro with that, but, like, we're not we're not gonna go ahead and, like, really change... It, it's kind of funny, because I was even thinking of this earlier, where it's like, they changed up the intro to put her in there, and also put Ron Hordak in the intro, too, and meanwhile, it's like, oh, poor Willow couldn't get in with her hair change ha. after uh, the first part episode of season 2B of Arrow House. <laughs> Rip Willow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll change it to let the, uh, the 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 hot witch mom have her different outfit and also King's Horn be fixed and also let uh, Amity's hair be different, but Willow? Nah. <laughs> Too bad. Rip. Mm-hmm. I, guess they, I guess they also didn't change it when like Luz had her like rebellion outfit on the last few episodes. Yeah, that's true. But also, that, at that point, there was, like, maybe, like, two episodes, so it's, like, we're not going to change that, considering we're also going to have her in a different outfit in Season 3, anyway. Ah. Yeah, so, Kashra shows up in her underpants, and she just kind of sits down in the corner, quietly, hugging her knees, but Bo and Glimmer open the circle to give her a place to sit, and she clearly does not expect that, but she joins them, and they all resume their sort of happy, excited food conversation as she takes a bun and starts to eat, even though she's not ready to say anything yet. It's very sweet. Like. Yeah, she it has like very much her just being like, she's not saying it, but she very much is conveying like, am I allowed to be here? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and especially like, given everything that's happened in the show, the fact that it is Bo and Glimmer specifically who open the circle for her, I think that's very meaningful. I love that. <laughs> because... You know, Bo even mentions earlier in this episode, friends and a person who threw me off a bridge once. <laughs> <laughs> Just get, get wrong, wrong time to be doing that, Bo. Yeah. <laughs> Like you just have to rub it in. It's like she's she's finally starting to like. Well, Catra's not in the room at the time. Still, like it's like was Adora in the room? Yeah, he's talking to Adora when he says like, that. Like she she definitely should have been like, dude, too early. Come on. <laughs> yeah. We just got her back, and she's maybe starting to mellow out. With my guy, can you not? <laughs> yeah. So I guess my point is, these are the two who have been at odds with her the longest outside of Adora. So it. It feels really good to me that they're the ones to let her into the friend circle. But yeah, um, that's the end of that plot, basically. And we cut back down to Etheria, because these episodes never end where I expect them to, because they keep doing things out of order. 
This one isn't terrible, though. Um, so the rebels are heading back to their base, and they talk a little bit about how they don't know what's going on, because, again, they didn't do any freaking reconnaissance. But they need to figure it out fast. That was super weird and dangerous. And uh, so they're, you know, they're going back to their camp. Why wouldn't we? Nothing's wrong. And Frosta apologizes for calling Micah an old man, tells him Glimmer's going to love having him as a dad, and he's excited. This is super unprompted and does not feel really in yeah, character with like the rest they, of the story that they've the, had. The two, but... the two of them really have not had much of a, like, character arc in this episode, but at the end, like, this is just being like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Micah, in that fight, he does stop Frosta and say, okay, I trust you, I need you to do this thing. And I guess that's enough. Yeah, to, I guess that's to, enough. <laughs> you know, justify this conversation, but it's not like there, there's no development. It's just a thing she says for no reason. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's a justified thing, not a developed thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Natasha sort of takes us out with the uh, you know that 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 sort of old hippy dippy princess kind of adage. Uh, things are scary and tough, but as long as we all stick together, we'll get through this. Uh, the thing is, she doesn't realize uh, her wife has been paid off. She's a CIA CIA informant spying on the anarchist group. <laughs> yep. Uh, we, sorry, we gotta vote your wife out. <laughs> gotta vent her in the space. Uh, this is what the CIA always does to anarchists. They always send in people to observe the groups and destabilize them. They have a whole handbook about this. I've read that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, hey, that's why, that's why like a bunch of uh, people like leaving. Uh, the charge and a bunch of uh like pr protests and stuff uh mysteriously found dead afterwards weird yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost like there was uh some sort of causality there no actually so in all seriousness we cut around to the back of spinnerella's neck which is hidden by her tons of hair to reveal a, a blinking prime disc and that's the end of the episode and uh, you see the thing is is uh something weird happened earlier remember that she said that before we had our divergence uh what happened earlier is that she got chipped she was chipped before this fight even started <laughs> oh is she i don't remember that at all <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. so micah and swift wind and frost are being served weird brown goo right and they're talking about how suspicious it is and then natasa has to slip away because spinnerella is elsewhere in the crowd and spinnerella specifically says something weird just happened i don't know what and then the others show up and say we're leaving which triggers the boss fight Oh, gotcha. Yeah, this was planted before the boss fight ever happens. That's why Prime revealed himself. Oh, I see. But yeah, the whole yeah, fight yeah. was a diversion to keep them from noticing. Yeah. Fun. Which would be really cool if it was not at all in the show and not left for you to put together yourself. Yeah, and, and also if uh, the consequences of this didn't happen like immediately in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, if they had, like, had a few episodes time of, like, oh, what's going on here? And it's just, it's just like, oh, this is what's going on here. Duh. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you remember how it went with Double Trouble. They were undercover for, what, two episodes? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they joined the Rebellion and immediately were the worst at keeping up their cover and was very obvious that who was the traitor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, geez, even these idiots can figure out stuff out if the GM's handing them the answer. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, oh, yeah. we should probably get right into episode 7 because we've been going 
And, and, uh, well, kind of long, I guess. We started a little bit later, but also we had a big distraction there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of that is going to stay in, so it's possible this episode will be uh, shorter should... than it is right now. Yeah, I think we should leave it in. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying I'm going to cut it all out. I'm <laughs> saying it might need to be edited for the anonymity of people names. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, well, people names, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely not like we both did that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely also didn't just make more work for you there. Besides, we haven't had a longest Shira episode ever. But uh, shouldn't we, though? We only have like three more after this or something. Yeah, we're right? about to. <laughs> yeah. That's why we had to leave it in. That's why we do have that. <laughs> people need to know our sins. <laughs> I'm not saying people aren't going to know our sins. I'm saying that I'm going to anonymize some stuff to keep us from getting arrested by the podcast police. <laughs> Fair. I want to be able to yeah. keep doing this Underground Railroad show as long as possible. <laughs> that that we pay money to for hosting every year for. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, um, right. overall, good episode. I love it. I love Catra's arc. I kind of wish we'd skipped over Etheria entirely, but we did need to establish them chipping people, so I guess I get it. The end. Yeah, basically it was just like a matter of necessity, and this is just the episode that had to end up in, I guess. Yeah, this is what I've been wanting to see from Catra this whole time, and it just really is a fantastic payoff, IMO. Mm -hmm. Yep, she's, she's finally mellowing the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> taking her four and chain seasons to do so <laughs> after willingly working with multiple fascists she finally realized or she finally got proficiency in the insight skill and realized that oh no adora hasn't been lying this whole time <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah she she finally took uh she leveled up and that's to get an asi so she took skilled and now she's like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> fuck <laughs> Alright, yeah, we should really probably get into yes, episode let's 7 go. since again. Alright, uh, episode 7, Perils of Pika Blue, which that title alone made me be like, is this going to be like a kind of a dumb, like, uh, Boys Night Out kind of episode? Surprisingly not. Better than <laughs> I was expecting based on just the title. Oh, well, it's not, not yeah. a Boys Night Out episode. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean more of just like the title itself made me think it was gonna be something like that. That's fair. Because it's like it, the title itself seemed like it was like so like separated from everything else that's been going on all season. Because <laughs> it's like the like I don't want to say it's like the weirdest episode title of the season, but it's like it's definitely like oh this this title doesn't seem like it has anything going on with everything that's been happening. <laughs> but stuff actually happens in it. But yeah, we open up with Adora trying to pop out Shira again, but Bo and Glimmer basically just keep distracting her, only for Katya to show up. To... Finally, wearing actually clothes because yeah. she just apparently kept her she kept her OG horde outfit, I guess, and all that somehow, and had it with her. Uh, and... Maybe Adora packed some extras since they knew they were going to rescue Glimmer. She thought. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah, maybe she thought that she needed it. Uh, Either that, or they like just put the pattern like... into the replicator on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> She also looks like she kind of, like, styled her hair now, because it's not just kind of, like, messy short, it's just, like, more styled short, I guess. Yeah, she's got a lesbian page boy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she also, like, has to reestablish firmly that she's a lesbian by also sitting in the door's lap in a totally not-at-all-gay way to watch her try to pop out she too. Uh, yeah, surely this is the best way to integrate into this friend group. <laughs> yep. <laughs> by sitting on your lap. <laughs> Definitely normal. Uh, but as Adora tries again, and Trapped and Ron Kordak interrupt as well, trying to send a message to Etheria, somehow with, like, a weird, like, radio thing that it looks like that he's just holding around trying to get a signal like a cell phone. 
Uh, and of course, Catra still has to be her usual self a little bit because she has to go soak by windows, saying that she's not quite sure if she's actually ready to be back on Etheria. But also, she's like, yeah, kind of like eventually does admit, like, yeah, I, I kind of want to be back instead of, like, I'm not sure how this is going to go, but I kind of don't want to be here necessarily. <laughs> uh, and. Basically, at that point, Bo just wonders what's going, what's been going on with the others, because uh, we need a scene transition here, because we immediately get a really wonky scene of Scorpion and Mr. Perfume and Seahawk being dressed to the nines, claiming they have to save Etheria by going to a secret underwater party adventure. Now, you say it's... dressed to the nines, but it's... I don't know. This is a little more like... 1930s gangster fashion. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, definitely more dressed up than they are usually are, and like it's it's Scorpio's like uh, princess prom outfit again. This is how I they would look in Glimmer's more universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But for some reason, again, I guess uh, Scorpio decided to take her princess prom dress of her when she left the horde. I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. People, I will people, say, are taking, uh, people taking line clothes they probably wouldn't necessarily have with them yeah. these days. I don't know. I'm just real big into Marmista's look here. This is... I love it when a woman wears a suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as I alluded to earlier, uh, we do get the credits here real quick. That has some slight changes because Catra no longer absolutely pushes the door away during the little fight sequence because like they actually like smile at each other. Yeah. And as her and Ron Hordak in the group chat, I still don't know why Ron Hordak is in that because he feels like kind of a nothing character because he's just a clone. I don't no, Ron Hordak is great. Everybody loves Ron Hordak. <laughs> Yeah, so we love him so much that we can't give him a proper name. We just call him Wrong Hordak. That is he's his not name. The right guy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the picket. They never actually asked him if he's okay with that. He just goes along with it because he loves Horde Prime so much. And that's all he does and talks about. Well, he's just a baby right now. Give him some time. He'll figure it out. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, after that, Scorpio rightfully asks them why they're all dressed like this. To which Seahawk explains that they're going on a mission to find Prince Peekaboo, who is a recluse who has been hiding at a crime circle on, located on the water because he apparently has the power of Farsight and just doesn't want to be bothered. <laughs> and they need him to be able to let the door and the others know what's been going on with the chips, because I guess they just assume they don't have any way of knowing, even though they were on like Horde Prime ship, presumably, but. Yeah, they, they're bored, they have nothing, nothing to do, they don't have their leader, so they want to just have a Skype call with them to tell them what's going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Marissa basically came up with cover stories and aliases for them all. Unfortunately, we actually don't really get hers and Seahawk because they really don't even interact with people at the party because they're just being the, the fuck up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Scorpius is unsure if she can actually pass off with her cover story because she's just a bad liar. So at least even Scorpio herself realizes that she's just bad at this stuff. <laughs> she's like I, I just I'm just not good at it <laughs> I know I'm not <laughs> yeah but Perfuma is definitely just totally into her story she is just like actually adding more to so, so her character backstory <laughs> she's she submitted her backstory like eight times to GM because she just keeps on thinking of more stuff to add <laughs> oh yeah but naturally of course none of them knows that Spinnerella is also watching them and everything but uh, it's, it's kind of strange that they actually have her watching it on them because like nothing actually really comes of it because like I guess like the other you know we'll get to it at the time but like she's not like chasing after them to the party or anything yeah well but, yeah she... like I have to be honest I don't know how she's an effective spy at all because, like, I get the idea, okay, yes, yeah, so we put a traitor in your camp, that traitor can turn any one of you by just slapping one of these things on your neck. In theory, that is a really terrifying situation. But in practice, she just kind of stands around making this weird goo-goo face with 
like her eyes are as wide open as they can possibly be. Her mouth is just hanging yeah. open. <laughs> Anybody who looked at her would know instantly there was something wrong. <laughs> yep. But uh, again, nobody in the horror, uh, no, not the horror, nobody in the rebellion has any sort of skill about trying to actually figure out anything with anybody. Nobody has insight. Nobody has perception. Nobody's willing to consider the possibility that something bad is going on. <laughs> Yes, uh, da, 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 but yeah, she goes over to Natasha to try to get her alone for a sec to be able to smack her neck with a chip, but Natasha says that she doesn't have time because she's looking at a data pad, I guess. <laughs> she doesn't really specify why. And she really just thinks that Spinner was mad at her when she just walks away, and then she really thinks that it's because she forgot their anniversary, and therefore she thinks that that's what uh, Spinner was thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. I remember not liking them as a couple a lot more than I do, but... Especially in they, this they, scene, like, it's very, mm -hmm. can I borrow a moment of your time, wife, who I love? No, I'm too busy. Are you sure? I only need a moment. No, I don't have time. Well, okay, if you're sure. Ah, I see. She's mad because I forgot our anniversary, and not because I just blew her off completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I feel like they could have done, like, so much more with them. Like, I, I wonder if maybe they just didn't have time to do so, because, like, they would have had to like keep dragging Andy away from actually like directing the show for voice acting stuff yeah i mean it's possible that's part of it but i also kind of wonder like i really liked these characters in my recollection of the show they were quite probably my mm -hmm. favorites so seeing them like this is very disappointing and i have to wonder how much of that was just pure nostalgia because they are like the first out lesbian couple i've seen in a cartoon you know yeah like, I mean, like, yeah, because, like, uh, I'm trying to remember, did they, like, they, they mentioned, like, being wives in season one, right? Or did they at least kiss in season uh, one? In season one, they were just together all the time. In season oh, two okay. or three, I believe it was, they mentioned that they were wives. And then I think it was season four where we got the, they don't seem to be yeah. like each other very much episode. Yeah, yeah, I remember, <laughs> yeah, that was that episode, like, early on, but they definitely, like, kiss i think in the end but it's yeah. like yeah like it was it was still like yeah because like that would have been like 2018 2019 or so basically with that stuff so it's like still like at least like yeah like you say it was like one of the first like animated like lesbian couples more or less like explicit more or less, yeah pretty so, much western media yeah i don't know maybe if i'm lucky i'm remembering something from later in the series but at this point i honestly cannot assume that <laughs> yeah because it's like they Again, like, it's just, like, there's, there's, they show up so infrequently, and, like, whenever they show up, it kind of seems like they're just more at odds with each other. Yeah, like, they, they, outside of the first few times they showed up where they were always hugging on and kissing each other, they, they don't seem to care about each other. Yeah. Anytime they yeah, have I mean, talking back, lines, it's all. Yeah, like, back in season one, when all they said was boom nets and everything like that, where it's, like, okay, I guess they're just side characters, and, like, ever since they've actually, like, had them more up front and center in some cases, it's just, like, these people just don't seem like they get along much. Yeah, I mean, that one episode was just entirely them fighting about who was better at fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, it's yeah. strange. I, I wish I could love them more, but in rewatching, it seems that I have been proven wrong once again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least at least we got a proper transformation sequence last time. It was like, what, like the 10th overall? So I guess I have to do a special one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, well, hey, we only have like six more episodes to go. Yep. I'm sure they're going to... They'll probably still at least like jam at least like two or three more in, especially <laughs> near the end. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh... Yep. 
Alright, but yes, uh, Seahawk basically helps get them all into the Secret Underwater party with code word and basically like activate the hidden lever inside the closet that is basically inside the elevator that leads to the actual ballroom. And Mr. warns him not to blow it because there's a lot of bounty hunters and the jerks that would sell them out to Horde Prime here. And Seahawk immediately cowers from a guy who has an iPad because a lot of these people know him and hate his guts. You know, <laughs> he's like, go to a bar, yeah. spot your ex-boyfriend, it happens. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe you shouldn't have actually brought Seahawk on this mission because A, not only does he suck in general, <laughs> B, he also has everybody on Etheria out for his guts except, like, a few people and <laughs> they're in the rebellion. <laughs> Yeah, it's Maybe weird how he managed to date everyone in the ocean, and also they all hate him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they keep setting their boats on fire. It's a reasonable th <laughs> like course of uh, consequences. If he keeps doing that, you're gonna hate his guts. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Perfume goes off to mingle and has Scorpia head over to some tufts to basically just try and get some more info. As Marissa and Seahawk uh, basically just beat up and tie up the eyepatch guy, only to have... Like to immediately dispatch another guy who's just right out there at the bar, and they do that by basically just having Marissa mostly just drown that guy. Just okay. immediately cases his head with a water bubble, and he just falls over. <laughs> okay, yes, but we, what we're not talking about is that Seahawk and Marissa tied this guy up and threw him behind the bar, and then Seahawk starts talking about how he hopes that this won't get in the way of rekindling their relationship. This is absolutely an ex-boyfriend <laughs> that he did bondage with. <laughs> I mean, I think it's more supposed to be just him, like, being like, I hope we can still be friends, as opposed to, I dated this guy, but sure. It's, no, he, he, we, he definitely dated we, this we, guy. We, we cannot, we cannot, there's an argument to be made for bisexual Seahawk real, but yeah, I don't think it's meant to necessarily be that, but sure. It's 100% that. <laughs> but yes, anyway, uh, Scorpia basically just sucks at her job, as she knew she would, as Perfuma just fits right in, because apparently Perfuma has all the uh, conversational skills and maxed out charisma, even though she's a druid. And the other is basically just like another half dozen people in the process that also want to kill Seahawk, so Marista just murders them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Marista yep. is not nope. exactly good at being undercover either. No, and nobody at any point decides to throw these two out for just beating up half the bar, basically. <laughs> And also taking over the bar to hide a bunch of bodies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not They're the optimal okay place to hide the bodies. <laughs> no, you need to find like a bush or like a plant or something. Or a dumpster. Or, like, Come on. Put them in the put them in the bathroom. That's at least better than now in the open behind the bar. <laughs> Where's the bartender? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there is one thing I guess we should mention. There is another cat girl in this crowd. So there's three of them. Hey. <laughs> Three cats on the entire planet. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, going back. Uh, Perfuma goes over to try to help Scorpius confidence by saying she has to get out of that shitty horde mindset that she's stuck in, and ask her what makes her happy. With Scorpius miss that she likes to sing and that, and also that she's not really good at it. So Perfuma tells her that she can do things because she likes it and not because she's afraid of being bad at it. While it's holding her hand. Good advice. Yeah. Very gay. They are in lesbians. It's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then they just dance a little bit, and Perfuma has Scorpia reassure herself that she can do this, and uh, that she can also uh, 
find peekaboo mm-hmm. despite uh not really actually having like a plan for that yeah <laughs> only only for him to immediately reveal himself by coming onto the stage and introduce the pianist <laughs> so it's like well i guess we found him mission accomplished i guess <laughs> i do love my uh, mr and seahawk in the background they're, they're like not in the main focus of the scene but they're in the background mm-hmm. like sniping people off they're playing hitman back here <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they they are agent 47 throwing expired cans of pasta sauce in the background <laughs> They have the uh, the heat-seeking briefcase that you can throw out after the jet ski guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've never actually played any of those games. They, they're more entertaining to me to watch people play, I guess. Like, I watched, I liked watching Jaivon play through them and just have stupid challenges for each other. But, like, I've never really had to, like, felt the need or, like, necessarily, the, like, the motivation to play them myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bifuma has like has Scorpia keep an eye on him as she goes to get the others, and we cut over to Natasha berating herself for forgetting her anniversary. Only sees Spinnerella meeting the Beth Minotaur lady, and at that point, Natasha sees that she has the green eyes and everything, so she realizes that she's been chipped. Then Seahawk and Mermista, but actually, really just Mermista, finish being the shit out of his various enemies slash exes. <laughs> and Mermista then sees an asshole of her own across the bo- uh, across the room. Who's she also doesn't want to ha- have them see her because apparently she set their own boat on fire just to know what it felt like, which makes Seahawk <laughs> super excited. This, uh... It's 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 a funny scene. <laughs> it's funny that even Mermista's like, I just wanted to know what it's like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I will say, um, it's like. This is a very familiar scene in a lot of queer comic books where uh, you're dating someone who has dated a bunch of people and also you've dated a bunch of people and then you go to the gay bar and everyone is there because it's the only place in town all the gays go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a little different, but that's what it is. Yeah, it's just uh, all these people know us. God damn it. (laughs) It's going to be just a weird night for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, uh, uh, Scorpio basically not so much seeks onto the stage and just walks up there to try to like talk to Peekaboo behind the car- the curtains. Uh, but they basically just turn the spotlight on her because she think they think that she's like the next act or whatever. And she just ends up like singing on stage. And also just because I'm a dork, I noticed that for once, like Scorpio is actually pretty much drawn with like pretty ample cleavage here while she's on the <laughs> piano. I don't know why I noticed that necessarily because like nobody in the show has really ever drawn that way. But in this case, she was. <laughs> so Scorpia I feel like I have to point sometimes that out. get boobs, but I think that's mostly because she's the big one, so her proportions are a little weird. So yeah, I think so. I think that's really just the case. Yeah, but like usually like. I mean, like, even, like, uh, Perfuma, who has, like, a pretty, like, low-cut dress, like, she doesn't really have cleavage at all, necessarily, yeah. but it's, like, they they are pretty explicit fit with Scorpio as she's on the piano singing. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Perfuma's only been on HRT for, like, a year now, so... Uh, yeah, true, like, she, she is basically just more or less confirmed that, like, intentionally had been, like, designed as a trans woman at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, uh, everybody loves her performance, though. I, admittedly, I kind of skipped over a little bit because I wasn't listening to it. <laughs> but sure, I, I was also like, this was also like maybe like close to like 10 p.m. last night when I was watching the episode, and I was like, I need to just get through this because I don't want to have to delay the, the recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, but then she sees the pianist. The pianist. I don't know why I said pianist. The pianist go backstage and follows her to find Peekaboo doing his makeup. 
And when Scorpio says that they need him to help with the rebellion, he basically just quickly says that he can see ah, She-Ra in space fighting with a sword and claims that his farsight is never wrong when Scorpio says the sword protection was broken. And when he tries to hasten her away by saying he has to get into character, Scorpio realizes that they've met before and tricks him into saying Perfuma's never met Peekaboo before at like a little like social event they were at, apparently. <laughs> that, or at least that he claims they were. And yeah, so she realizes that uh, he's a lying sack of shit and because, you know, obviously they never met before. <laughs> so Scorpio demands that Peekaboo come clean and jabs him with her tail while he tries to flee, only for them to immediately shape shift back to double trouble. Because, yeah, uh, apparently it's just double trouble. Yeah, That's yeah. What, this is where they've been this whole time. Just faking an act as a person just for money, <laughs> as they usually do. Well, so I, I don't know if this is covered in your trivia because I don't know what's in the trivia section, mm-hmm. but... Uh... This is a weird, 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 weird situation. Yeah, like I've, I've, I felt bad having to use like he, him pronouns describing Peekaboo at first, but it's like, well, I mean, they are also doing so in character, and the wiki does too, because we never see Prince Peekaboo actually, so we don't really know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is because so I mentioned this before when Kyle was on ages ago, but uh, the first time we ever hear about Peekaboo is in Princess Prom. Yeah. And in that episode, they use she, her pronouns to refer to Peekaboo. Mm-hmm. But here, Peekaboo yeah, is that, presented that, that, as male. So the... Yeah, that's mentioned in the trivia for uh, Peekaboo's entry on the wiki. Yeah, so the question is here, like, is Peekaboo actually trans? Is he a he, him? Or did Double Trouble just not know who the character was and invent it wholesale? I feel like it's, like, more, probably more of that, because, like, again, like, Double Trouble sucks when they're trying to pretend to be somebody they don't actually know and don't interact with. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's, like, why they didn't really say anything when they pretended to be Katra fighting Adora back at the, in- the beginning of Season 4. But, like, it was still at least enough of a... Like, Adora was still tricked enough just because at that point Adora was just like, it is on fucking sight with Katra, I'm gonna murder her ass. Blap, <laughs> <laughs> blap, pew, pew. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, I mean, there wasn't any time for really, like, talking, so Double Trouble didn't have the chance to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I mean, that's probably also, also ultimately why they fucked up as Flutterina, because we don't know if Flutterina even ever existed. Yeah. We can kind of presume, maybe, because, like, nobody in the, the city that name I keep forgetting from last episode, like, nobody at all, like, brings up, like, like, what happened to Flutterina, or, like, nobody is acting like we don't know who this person is, but also, like, presumably not everybody would actually know everybody anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could just be, yeah. this is just someone's kid here. <laughs> That's fair. It's it's very... Again, we have no idea where Double Trouble gets the idea for their impersonations, so... Yeah. Like, we know for a fact that Pika Blue is a person somewhere, because we heard Adora talking about them. We just don't yeah. know anything about them whatsoever. Yep, and they don't show up in the show at all. I checked. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the only air quotes appearance of this character, so who knows? Yep. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, Scorpio, Perfuma, and Seahawk interrogate Double Trouble, who reveals that they made a peek-a-blue on the spot since no one has seen them in ages, and since they also need another source of income after they left the Horde, because again, I guess... Glimmer's offer was I'll let you go if you do this I am not employing you you asshole I guess <laughs> contrary to what we thought of like I guess they're working for Glimmer but also no 
<laughs> it's funny because I also like looked up like the, the Wikipedia article on some of the episodes, and it definitely says that Double Trouble had joined the rebellion, and it's like uh, definitely not at this point. Yeah, no, for <laughs> considering, sure. Considering that the the actual rebellion people don't like them much and don't care, and uh, you know they were here instead of hanging out with them, helping to do some like reconnaissance for their purposes. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, Scorpio is annoyed basically just because this whole thing was a waste of time, but Double Trouble does say that while they don't have foresight, they do actually know what's going on with Adora and the others, and of course asks for money in exchange for the information, so Perfume instead just threatens to beat them the hell up until they spill the beans. <laughs> so they basically say, explain that they posed as a Prime clone for a while to get in with Prime, but found it really dull because obviously you don't really actually get to really act at all around a bunch of clones. And also, they just also casually mentioned that half the crowd here in the ballroom are also chipped, so also <laughs> not great audience. Yeah, that's not good at all. But, yeah, like, uh, also, I would think impersonating a Prime clone would be way worse than that, on account of the Prime clones would immediately know you weren't one of them when they couldn't read your mind. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know how that, re that really went over, <laughs> but apparently it was fine, I guess. Well, I mean, like, maybe, I don't... I don't know what the- can the Prime clones actually read each other's minds, or is it just Prime that can read their minds? Well, Prime is a hive mind, right? So hypothetically, he should mm -hmm. know what all of them are doing, so if they see yeah, one that he can't like... read, then... Like, the instant he saw that he couldn't read Hordak's mind anymore, he sent him in for a, a re-education or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Maybe, maybe Double Trouble was just banking on there being too many, so he just couldn't be able to go through all of their minds, and that's why it was like, oh, well, I guess uh, he has never checked out mine. Oh. I guess. I don't know. It's it's a weird oversight, but also it's a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, they also say that Prime's pissed that the door rescued Catra and put up a blockade around the planet as Mermista shows up behind the mall menacingly because she wasn't there before. <laughs> Uh, back over at the camp, Natasa sneaks up on Spinnerella to try and sneak the chip off of her act, uh, neck by trying to act all lovey-dovey to her. But Spinnerella catches her and summons a bunch of the other chip rebels that she had gone around just casually smacking on the back of the neck, I guess. All right, uh, Yeah, poor buff Minotaur lady. You've never been a character and now you're being used for evil. <laughs> uh, but before I can finish with all that, Mista uh, goes ahead and starts to crack the glass with her water powers to brown them all because she was also chipped at some point, because I guess we just didn't see that. And Perfume and Scorpio start to fight her but quickly realize that they are actually are capable of hurting her, especially Scorpio because she realizes that uh, Electric is super effective against water, <laughs> turns out. And they also realize they also really can't escape from the chip crowd. But at that point, Double Trouble says that there's a way out at the stage, and they need to be brought there. And before we can finish with that, we cut back to Natasha. This is basically just to keep coming back and forth between these two fight yeah. scenes, so I'm going to stop explaining that, because obviously they're not in the same part, so I don't need to say... And we cut back. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but yeah. Um, real yeah. quick, I do want to note... Mm -hmm. uh, so, so... Natasha was just sneaking up behind Spinnerella to try and pull the chip off, and mm -hmm. she doesn't know this... But that would have gone so bad, though. It's embedded in her nervous system. Yeah. Well, they don't know that. They don't. They're not in chapter. They didn't like have time to slowly remove the case, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is fucked." No, you're absolutely like, right. They don't like, know if, that. If, but how horrible like, if, would that have been? Oh. Yeah. Like if if you just tried to rip one of these things off, you would just probably absolutely kill a person, right? Yeah. I mean, it's fused to your nervous system. I think best case scenario, you're ripping out a brainstem. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, time for a uh, pretty uh, fucking gnarly-ass uh, lobotomy, even more so than a normal lobotomy. <laughs> yeah, bad time. But, I mean, 
none of them are, are in Telson's characters besides Entrapta, and she's in space at the moment. Still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But yes, uh, it's the... Where the hell was I? Uh, yeah, we're back with Natasha trying to protect herself from Spinnerella by just using her, like, protective nets and stuff. Only for Swifty to also be trapped under a tree, I presume by Micah, because we don't see how the tree falls on Swifty, but, like, I think it's Micah because he's basically shooting fire a lot. Not this, because he's also chipped. Because he also just fully blasts Frosta away. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, he, like, just, like, absolutely trying to murder this child. He's got and, some like, full-on well, like, hellfire thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yes, uh, Natasha steps in to protect both of them from Spinnerella and Micah, because they both basically combine their, like, wind powers and fire magic to basically try to murder them all. And Scorpio's group is off uh, fighting the tip crowd. Apparently, they don't have they have a problem with like shooting Marmista because they know Marmista, but they definitely like Scorpio is not holding back with shooting lightning at these people. Oh yeah, <laughs> just fuck them, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, Devil Trouble activates the secret elevator on the stage by just pulling a lever that just causes like basically a like Futurama ass tube to emerge from the ceiling. <laughs> and Marmista shows back up after being blasted away earlier. And so Scorpio decides to stay behind to let the others escape because she's also saying that, like, if nobody stays behind, this whole place is going to, like, come down and, I guess, murder everybody in here. They've chipped. Because... <laughs> So the way I think she does this is that she uses the extreme heat of her lightning meeting the extreme cold of, like, the temperature outside to cauterize the cracks in the underwater dome. That's the only way I could really, like, rationalize it, because it's like, she just uses, like, a big burst of electricity and all its cracks seal. Well, <laughs> so it's like, I guess it's just an extreme heat meeting cold reaction or something. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be that, because glass is silicate-based. If you could melt it, it should theoretically fuse together. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's, yeah, I guess there's that, because it is just kind of derived from sand, ultimately, right? It's a superheated sand, in a way. The, the real question, I mean, I would assume that you would need some pretty specific finesse to do that, and she does not do that. <laughs> yeah, no, Scorpio admits that she's just the muscle, that's why she's here. That's why she's the one who has to stay behind. <laughs> this is, like Scor yeah. It's... Scor Scor Scorpio, Scor like, the DM's like, Scorpio, you have to make an intelligence saving, th like, an intelligence save on this, just to be able to know how to do this, and she just rolls in that 20. <laughs> It's, it's, it's like, okay, yeah. it's I just get lucky. I don't know what I'm doing, but I get lucky. She, she sacrifices herself for her friends. It's tragic. It's beautiful. It shouldn't be able to happen, but we are absolutely skipping over the fact that uh, Double Trouble does cause Seahawk hot as they're getting into the elevator, so. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're both, they're, uh, Seahawk is bisexual and Double Trouble is uh, pansexual. They're just into everybody. They're into everybody, basically. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but yeah, that happens uh, as we go back to where uh, Natasha redirects her protective net to basically trap all the chip people, and she Frosta, uh, she and Frosta get on Swifty and escape. So again, I'm I'm a liar apparently from last episode. Swifty is like people ran their backs when it's a life running situation, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but we end with over on the ship where Entrapta receives a message from Perfuma because I guess somehow Perfuma also has a like long range radio on her that she can talk to them. Because uh, Perfuma is telling them not to come back and warns them about the blockade and that the rebellion's all lost and everybody's chipped and it's all fucked and please don't come back to the planet. <laughs> As she like has to like run off screen shooting plants at somebody. So it's all fucked. <laughs> Hooray! Good job, yeah, guys. Yeah. You uh, you made many mistakes and uh, got m everybody except like ten people total on Etheria chipped or killed, Ta -da. <laughs> or captured. I don't know. Yay! Yeah. Yep. It, it's very. 
So Perfuma's line specifically here is that the, the rebellion has been lost. We lost them. She doesn't say they're chipped. She makes it sound like everyone is dead. <laughs> ah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just the end of the episode. We see her running off being chased by something, and it's... Mm-hmm. Nope, sorry guys, everyone you know is dead, and also I'm leaving my recording device behind so I can't contact you again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot. <sighs> yep. It's one of the most downer endings this show's had, like even more so when Angela died. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Nobody really cared much for Angela, even in show, most, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I will say, there, like, there's no sign of Seahawk or uh, Double Trouble in that last transmission. It's just Perfuma by herself, and then she's running away from something that we don't see clearly. So I don't know yeah. what that's about, but... <laughs> mm. I don't know, maybe she sent them to the safe house, but... I don't know what safe house there is, because the Horde already found the secret grove, so... Yep, who knows? I guess we'll see next week? I don't know if we're doing an episode next week, because I don't remember when you're going on your trip. Uh, <laughs> we will be recording an episode next week, yes. Okay. So so we're going to get some answers and maybe like lead into the finale, and then we're going to have to wait a month <laughs> to do those last two. Yep. <laughs> Yay! All right. <laughs> Uh, do you have any 80s shit? A <laughs> uh, little bit. little bit. Not a lot, but some. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly the only character we can talk about in the 80s is, of course, Princess Peekaboo, who was, in point of fact, a princess in the 80s. This will probably not come as a shock. Um, nah, yeah, I, I definitely also saw in the trivia, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing is, there's basically no information out there like i didn't see any of her episodes as a kid she's a new character to me and like there's just nothing i can tell you that she is a princess and that she fights for the rebellion and that she has the gift of farsight which lets her know what's happening all over the universe i can tell you that she shows up in five episodes and that based on my understanding she is basically a plot device to, like, tell She-Ra that something wrong is happening on a different planet, so she needs to go fix it. But that's all I know. She doesn't have a story like all the rest of these princesses. She's just kind of there. And, yeah, it's... It's very frustrating to me, because I do like to do my research on these characters, if they're ones that I haven't heard of before, but there, there's just nothing at all. And... Do, do, do let me go ahead and get a picture in the chat because that's usually the first thing I do, but I forgot to do that today. So <laughs> yeah, gotta say uh, I almost so many times said foresight and not farsight. <laughs> it's like nope, not not the best D and D spell in the game. Nope, it's farsight, not foresight. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, this is Pika Blue. <laughs> she... Very Pikachu. <laughs> Very Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, that motif does carry over a little bit into Double Trouble's version, because they've got the sort of a, a peacock feathers around the waistcoat of their outfit, but not like this. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> this is a full-on peacock fan. Yeah. Um, of course, it wouldn't be fair if I didn't show you an image that's from the actual show. The one I sent you is just like a design document. So, here she is just kind of sitting around doing nothing. As most of the characters in the 80s show seem to do. Yes, yes, naturally. 
But yeah. you, you gotta make sure to point out, of course, that just like all the other uh, women on the Gaby show, she definitely does have uh, a lot of boobage going on. You know, pretty definitive cleavage. Yeah. Just, that was the style at the time. <laughs> Honestly, Pika Blue is a lot more revealing than most of the characters on this show. Because not only yeah, does she actually, have the yeah, cleavage, but she's yeah. got like a boob window in the bustier. And also she's wearing a mini skirt on top of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They definitely uh, edit down uh, that real big uh, boob window in the in the toy. Yep, they sure <laughs> do. Ain't, they, <laughs> sure ain't there. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's basically all I've got for you because she's got nothing. There's no history to her. She's not like guess, small guess, one who turned into Fluttershit or Flutterina or whatever. I, I guess that's why they chose to use her for the basis of Pika Blue in this show. It was like, well, there's nothing really to go on, so we're just going to lean into that if nobody knows what the fuck is their deal. Yeah. I will <laughs> like say... We, we get the hint of that they're dating uh, Sweet Bee, I think it was, right? Sweet Bee? <laughs> yeah, Sweet Bee. Right, not Bee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you look at um, Double Trouble's outfit as Pika Blue, they do have... The, the the cleavage hole in their bustier. So they kept that design element. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But that's that's pretty much all I got. Alright, well I have just like two little things real quick for trivia's sake. Uh Pika Blue in air quotations, because who the fuck knows, uh is voiced by John Lavelle, who played additional voices in Frozen and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mouse Foreman in Zootopia and Gerald Cook in Zootopia Plus, which is a thing I definitely forgot existed until I looked up the the voice actor. <laughs> uh, Puck Liam and Jander Bob in Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast and Derby Harrington in the Bully video game by Rockstar. <laughs> oh goodness, that's a pretty solid None... career. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like just a lot of his like smaller roles. Like I said, like I I I still have so many smaller roles, and that's why I led with additional voices. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just funny how many there were, but those were like the most prominent ones in like terms of like big name movies, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also like Mouse Foreman is just a mouse who's a foreman on like a military contract or not military uh, construction contract, I guess. Yeah, you know how it be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there were apparently also plans to make Peekaboo and Double Trouble a couple in the show, and they just didn't have time for that, I guess. That would have been interesting, for sure. Yeah, because we would have actually met Peekaboo proper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But yeah, it's just a little, like, something that was thrown in there. Of like, oh, apparently they had plans for them, and I guess just didn't have time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's all I had. That's it. Like, we have six episodes left of the show basically it's like I, I, I imagine that's probably going to be mostly empty for the rest of the show yeah but let's introduce another cast of characters that are going to be in one episode and never again from what I remember there is only one character who gets added to the show from this point forward so yeah. you got one more coming up son <laughs> I can't imagine who that would possibly be besides maybe just another generic person that they're like, welcome to the rebellion person who will show up again, definitely, in the rest of the show. Uh, not that. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, so. Right, then. Yeah. Let's... And it's just so weird that they introduced the, the star siblings and then it's like, what the fuck happened to them? Did they just <laughs> fuck off into space? Did they did they fly ahead of them, I guess, and then just 
die, I guess. Maybe were they playing basically Oregon Trail and they were just like, oh, you you threw an oxen off your ship and uh, you tried to ford the river and now you're all dead. Rip. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is that the Star Sisters showed up at the Princess Prom, so they had to bring him back so they could be gay, and that's all they got to do. <laughs> yep. Which, like, I mean, I guess that's as valid a reason as any to bring a character back for one episode is to reveal that they're trans, but... <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. It is a mysterious question how they happen to grow up on that ruined desert planet and also get into Despondos for that party. Yep. Yeah, um... I don't think I have anything else, do you? Nope, I think that's all. Um, yeah, so if you have questions for us, you can send those to us at us weirdos on Twitter. At us weirdos cast. Oh no, I forgot our Twitter handle. We are going down the drain. <laughs> well, I mean, we are at us weirdos on, on the toast. So we are at us weirdos on toast. Um, as, as it currently still stands, Twitter is still a site that continues to exist. We don't know how long. Yes. We briefly debated creating a Hive account because that seemed like it was going to be a thing for a second, but it turns out... And then, hi- uh, yeah, yeah. And then, hi- and then Hive blew the fuck up entirely. Yeah, Hive is uh, and- just not secure at all. <laughs> no, turns out when you try to make one real quickly in response to something, like, you know, all the different uh, fascist versions of Twitter that the, uh, the former president tried to keep making, they just exploded overnight because they have no security. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're made by literally two people. <laughs> yeah... Yeah, they did make it. <laughs> I mean, they made a platform, that's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, There is a platform that you can maybe post on, but you can also edit other people's posts and access all the private info. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the idea of editing other people's posts. That sounds fun, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can definitely go on there and uh, edit an Elon Musk post if you guys on there being like, I'm... I'm a baby man and i created covid in my own tesla because <laughs> i definitely saw a lot of people doing that uh trend because like you know twitter got rid of like all their uh rules about covid misinformation so of course everybody started retreating that being like yeah musk made covid in a tesla <laughs> <laughs> and also lots of other funny things like that of like yep he's he's an asshole <laughs> He's responsible for it. <laughs> Which, hey, I mean, considering all the other shit he's gotten up to, it actually wouldn't surprise me if he did, like, some stupid shit that actually did, like, start COVID in a way. Like, he, like, threw a vial into a cave full of bats and oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. turn, turn, turns out I parked a Tesla here in this bat cave and uh, the Tesla, like, had a bunch of uh, exhaust problems and now the bats got poisoned or whatever the fuck and that's okay when it started. Ah, uh, yes. The... <laughs> The pure, undiluted evil radiation that my vehicles run on has caused problems. That's how science works. I'm a doctor. <laughs> in Minecraft. <laughs> okay. I, I have um, to, I'm going to prescribe all of our listeners a lot of uh, HRT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but seriously, if it gets bad and you need it, like DM me or something. Uh, you can find me on co-host at, at nobody. <laughs> And at patch underscore jacket on Twitter, where I may reveal my secrets if you are in a state where you can't get HRT. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yep. And uh, I'm still at Chloe Phil Chaos on Twitter and at Chloe Phil on Toast. You know, still trying to figure out if I want to change that at all. I don't know how you can change Toast like icons or anything, but, or names, not icons. But yeah, who knows? 
it's a, who knows it's just 2022's like tagline in the book of 2022 who the fuck knows <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but i don't know we're yeah this is this has been a weird and wild episode and i had a ton of fun thank you so much for being here with me <laughs> yeah we got to talk about crime yeah and also and trains <laughs> It turns out, uh, if you want someone to confess all of their darkest secrets, all you have to do is put them in front of a microphone for, this is, <laughs> what, our 47th episode? So, like, 90-something hours? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> you know, eventually you're going to start running out of things to talk about, and it's like, I guess this is the time when I admit the crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, for the content. <laughs> you know what's shocking is that I admitted to all those crimes on this episode, on this show before I ever admitted to being English. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Um, I think that's our show for today. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I got anything else. <laughs> so, uh, don't call the cops. If you call the cops, you're not allowed to be a fan of this show anymore. But until yep. next time, <laughs> I think there's not much left to say. But remember, us weirdos have to stick together. Stick together and do crime in Minecraft. <laughs> Bye. Bye.